Welcome back to uh, Good Job Adventures, and let's get this started. So first we're going to start off here with a little intro scene. A grand hall of pale red light, centered in it a long black table dotted with maps, schematics, and plans are sprawled all over the middle. Four towering entities sit at the table in ornate white thrones, Helm, Hephaestus, Agma, and Bahamut. They trade concerned glances as they look up and down from the table. Agma speaks up first. We'll need to tell them. They need to know what awaits them. What awaits us. Myander, he is driven by knowledge and truth. Withholding this goes against the pact we formed. Helm responds. I agree. They must know the darkness amassing. Bahamut, do we have a full roster of the gods that have defected from the astral plane and joined the enemy? We do. My counterpart was originally weighing her options. Then she spoke to the one known as Breastweaver. I'm sorry, Breathweaver. I of all people should have known that. After speaking with Breathweaver, she promptly defected. In addition, the nine arc devils have joined them. Various gods of beasts, aberrations, and monstrosities have defected as well. Loth, the underdark deities as well as the Ilithids. Cyric, the gnomish deities, the lords of the Golden Hills. Hephaestus, I believe they were still angry about your short jokes especially since you are a dwarven god and quite shorter than a few of them. And the most recent addition, Mask. Big Hef stands up, frowning slightly but with a glimmer in his eye. But who would have thought we'd get the eldritch horrors that reside behind space, time, and mortal and seemingly immortal comprehension? And they ain't short neither. The scene pans out and you see an abrupt ending to the table and the hall itself. Color and substance or coherence, vanishes into the maw of the darkness, swarming with tentacles. A large cosmic backdrop, dying galaxies spiraling into the murk, stars winking faintly into oblivion, the home of the ancients, the elder ones, the great old monstrosities whose very being is a mockery of rational existence. This is what rests at the end of the planning hall. One of the tentacles waves an acknowledgement to Big Hef. Credit to yeah, I'm not sure how he pulled this off. A tentacle starts moving closer to Big Hef. He swats it away. Another moves in. Actually, fuck Owl! This is getting weird! Regardless, they are a massive boon to our effort, and we must inform our mortal troops of the potentially divine forces they will face. We, and Agma looks around the table, can deal with the gods themselves. We must pray our mortal followers can handle the rest. Larry speaks up now. Can I go now? We cut back to the bar as light creeps through the blinds and window shades of each of your rooms. Ander and Breathweaver, you're both in the five-person bunk bed, if I recall correctly, and you stir from a largely unsatisfying slumber. Suddenly, you hear a large rhythmic banging coming from the hallway. Anyone with a passive perception over 12 will know that this is Larry banging a pot with a wooden spoon. Rise and shine, assholes! Fate of the universe rests on our shoulders, and I'm not letting you sleep in late. Meet me in a bar. Have some things we gotta go over. Also, Retzler said he had an inspiring speech he was working on, and he wanted Elagos to proofread it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sleepy. Can I have five more minutes? He begins to bang harder on the wooden <laughs> uh, on the on the pot with the wooden spoon. Uh, so I'm I'm on like the top top bunk, so I'm just gonna roll over and kind of accidentally fall off the bed. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> you you take two fall damage as you. I'm gonna get up and accidentally stand on Ander. Accidentally. You take one stand damage. 
and then stumble and trip over him. God. We're off to a great start. Uh, never again. What? You'll sleep in a bunk bed? What's the never again? I'm going to walk out of my room and walk up to Larry as he's banging on the drum. And I say, stop, Larry. There's something wrong with your technique. Oh, really? Oh, what's wrong with it? I thought it's pretty effective. First, were you, were you rushing or were you dragging? Uh, <laughs> I, I, all right. I, I don't know. My, I was rushing. I slap him. <laughs> Larry stands there stunned. Uh, and then proceeds <laughs> Is this to a drag. It's a whiplash it's, reference. It's whiplash. That's it's a whiplash reference. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I, you slap him. I guess you walk back downstairs. Larry begins to bang even louder uh, until yeah, everyone get, gets out of their rooms. get up and then walk downstairs. He, he then trips on me after I'm trying to get up. Wilhelm rolls out of bed. <laughs> it's just it's, it's, it's a mess. God. By the time they get to the downstairs, they're both at like half HP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why but like when, when Wilhelm gets up a picture that he's he's half asleep and he's just wearing like little goblin slippers instead of bunny slippers <laughs> I was picturing he had like the Ebenezer Scrooge nightcap on too yes <laughs> yeah, yes <laughs> we're getting a good picture here all right so as you guys all head downstairs uh the bar is a quiet scene uh the chairs are all stowed away and Larry sits atop the bar top uh, with a furrowed brow, as if weighing a thousand thoughts as once. The mini blackboard that has Larry's daily specials is hauntingly devoid of any food options. Instead, written in an almost perfect spelling, is the word WAR, in all caps. If anyone wants to observe more, uh, please go ahead and roll perception. Alright, I'll do that. Uh, well, let me see where my perception is. Mine's not worth it. Oh. Well... Harris got a nat twenty. So God damn it! Oh, uh, okay. I, All right. I, I have I have special groggy eyes. All right, look, you, you look really... with your special groggy eyes. <laughs> so, My plan. So as you uh, as you uh, get the gunk out of your eyes from a good night's sleep, you 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 suddenly notice a slight disturbance in the ball pit, uh, Wilhelm. Uh, a quiet rustling in this technicolored abyss where Mina was once solicited for a job that directly led to her death. Listen, uh, you stare but a bit longer, and a face emerges from the top of the pit. It's the bar's vendor, Clevens. He puts his finger to his lips as he silently shushes you, before winking suspiciously and sinking back into the ball pit. You also smell gunpowder. Uh, <laughs> that's all you're able to notice. As you gather before Larry, he stands atop the bar. Welcome, welcome, it's me, Larry. Uh, presentation time. Retzela, cue up the music. And it, as, that, as he says this, Retzela drops down from the ceiling and walks up to a large rectangular room the size of a jukebox. He hits it with the back of his hand and says, Hey! Classical music starts playing. Larry vocals come in for some reason and he's scatting. Oh, this is a good one. So, so I heard about your dreams last night. What? And how? I heard you guys had some crazy dreams. I mean, I mean, I, I talked to Big Half, which is like, it is not the first time this has happened. Uh, also, uh, does anyone else smell like a, a weird uh, powder in the air? Uh, so it smells a little like gunpowder. I think I smell it too. What's a gun? 
Oh, uh, that's that's probably uh, that's probably coming over from the bull ball pit. We're getting ready for for war. Can't you see? He taps the he taps the uh, blackboard where war is not spelled correctly. War. Larry, how did you manage to incorrectly spell a three-letter letter word by adding like two, ten other letters? Three letters? Uh, can I get some breakfast? Uh, the breakfast is war. Okay. Did you see the specials uh, menu? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what you're not understanding here. He, he, he like smacks the board. War! The, the specials are gone! So war! What does it stand for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Lenny, here's the thing. If if you want this to go to war, and judging by the fact that... Uh, I can't speak for everyone... Oh. Vin, to refresh my memory, like... Was the dream we had last session, was that like, like a collective yeah. dream where like, we all knew that we all had the same dream? Yes. Or no? Yeah, yeah you, you were all okay. in a collective dream where your gods are basically just like, okay, time to fight for existence. Good luck. Alright, so uh, lady, here's the thing. Uh, seeing as how we've been tasked by our res uh, respective deities to go to war for the sake of existence, uh, um, you know, uh, having sustenance beforehand would be important, uh, would the... the do you want me to, like, do the cooking while you, like, talk about war and whatever you have in mind? All right, fine. There's a couple of, there's a couple of eggs in the back. Uh, you can use a stovetop. And you see it just, like, turns the gas up all the way. All right, cool. Vilhelm yeah. turns to the party. I will make sure to not include vinegar because I know I love that shit, but I know you all do not. Can I roll insight? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Bil may. you may. Vilhelm's not, not trying to lie. That's the thing. Like, then if he rolls good insight, he'll know that. I will might think you are lying. Can I just roll perception to see if Larry, like, actually lit the stove before he turned the gas on all the way? <laughs> uh, so, I got a 25 insight. All right, you, you think uh, that he's going to make the eggs. Uh, in fact, he's not lied to you so far. And Elagos, if you wanted to see if he looked, like if he like actually turned on the gas, you see that there's like a little like light uh, section. It's a very advanced stovetop. It's like one of those ones that like lights itself. I noticed when you answered uh, Owl's question, you suspiciously excluded any details about vinegar. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> while, while, while you begin to make, uh, your famous vinegar and eggs, Wilhelm, uh, Larry begins to adjust. <laughs> uh, Larry, could we just go back to the fact that, how did you know that we spoke to our gods again? I was getting there. He, again, taps the board that says war. Apparently, they had another meeting after sending you guys back to your regular dreams, I guess. And, well, decided there was a bit more info that you should be privy to. And they felt awkward calling you for a second dream, so they appeared before me. Uh, Larry. And told me what's good. <laughs> me, uh, And it, <laughs> it, it turns out... He forgot his is. name for a split second. <laughs> and it turns out... <laughs> and it turns out what's good is actually bad. Um, many of the gods have defected. Uh, seeing this new guy's plan has a better healthcare system than the death and rebirth cycle of the universe. And there may be a pension plan set up too, but it's a little unclear. Um, granted, these gods just are after control and whatnot, but yeah, there's there's gonna be some god on god action, or or is it god and god action? Either either way, gods be fucking up gods, uh, or is it gods be fucking down gods? Either way, a likely possibility you will be pitted against the army of divine, evil, 
sourced from dozens plus defected gods. The good gods will give us our own troops to prepare, but to be honest, things ain't looking too good. We'll spend today readying the units, battle strategies, etc., and I'll be looking into getting us into Praise Dimension in a way that doesn't involve pods. Uh, does anyone have any questions? Uh, I, I have a, I have a question for the party. Uh, what would you guys like on your eggs? Can I get some cheese? Onions? Alright, all right, so onions, cheese, anything else? Uh, Larry, do you even have those ingredients? I assume you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're underneath the stove. They're in the oven. Alright, Vin, do you, want me to, do you want me to roll cook's utensils to, like... Go ahead, roll cook utensils. Alright. Ooh. Oh, dang. Nice, a 25. That's a 25. Absolute banger fucking <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Wait, are we having bangers or eggs? Banger in the mouth. <laughs> Describe <laughs> it, Harris. Fla fla flavor, these, flavor this food that you've created. Well, seeing as how I was only told I was I had, I had eggs, cheese, and onions to work with... Vilho makes the most bitchin' fucking omelets. Any any tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> little little he he just served it. If if Larry ha if Larry has tomatoes, there are tomatoes. Vilho is at the mercy of whatever ingredients Larry has on hand. Every ingredient is in the oven. There there are tomatoes in the oven. Why, why do you use your oven as a refrigerator? All right, enough about breakfast, Breath Weaver. <laughs> we got other, we got bigger fish to fry. I tap, <laughs> Larry taps the blackboard again. Actually, are there any fish to fry here, Larry? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're in the oven. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's, so, are we going to have to fight gods, Larry? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you're going to have to fight the I guess the extensions of gods, you won't have to actually, like, you know, put up your dukes to, like, a divine being. So, uh, I feel like we should go over the plan. Like, the exact plan. Alright, don't worry. We get, we're getting someone about that very soon. Uh, we're gonna be meeting up with the, with the few, with the few, uh, entourages. And you see he kind of just, like, bangs on the wall and he's like, Ignite us! Uh, set us down! And you all feel a rush of air as the house, not so grace, uh, the bar, not so gracefully lands. And if you look outside of the bar's windows, you kind of see a stretch of horizon of long sandy dunes hundreds of feet below. Uh, and you seem to be on a long and wide pillar of earth rising hundreds and hundreds of feet up. Uh, and you see Larry say with a smile, Game 12 bluffs, baby, we back. I know Aul, or Breathweaver, maybe Ander. Actually, I think it was Elagos. You've been devouring my warlord Bradley novels. No. Yeah, it's twas Elagos. So, so you know this place the Gamduel Bluff <laughs> signifies then, don't you, Wilhelm? What? Someone roll a history check. <laughs> I rolled a 14. Alright, that's n unfortunately not high enough. I got a 3. <laughs> <laughs> I might have forgotten we were here, like, the last level up, or whatever. There. Like, oh, God! A 27. Morgan! <laughs> I, got, I rolled a 27 for history. He rolled another net 20. Jesus. All right, so, Ander, with with your uh, God of Knowledge pact, you immediately remember this. The Gamdwell Bluffs are where an aged warlord, Brentley, having conquered Tofek, fought against an army of demons intent on claiming the Isle for themselves. 
Uh, Brentley's army totally outmatched numerically, nevertheless pulled off a brilliant yet Pyrrhic victory. Uh, the demon incursion was defeated, yet Brentley himself died in the battle. His empire uh, would be split up a dozen ways by a dozen generals, and by the end of several centuries have disappeared completely. So Larry begins to say, So yeah, I figured no better place to train than the site of the greatest battle ever fought. Greatest so far. But enough talk. Or is it more talk? And as he says this, uh, you see a half-elf male with black hair and a dark complexion drop from the ceiling, this from the exact same way Retzela had once done. Uh, he is dressed almost identically to Ander, however, the color palette <laughs> is inverted. <laughs> it is I, Redna, good friend of knowledge, or more accurately, emissary of Ogma. He has entrusted me to provide the deets of knowledge, or more accurately, the working battle plan for each of you. Input and changes from all of you are expected and welcomed. You all have key parts to play coming up. We believe your strengths and what each god has provided to you can be maximized via scrum. For you see, I am not simply an emissary. I am a master from the order of scrum, and my plans are, pun intended, scrum diddly umptious. All right, I'm going back to bed. Retzilla, cue up the music. Retzela hits the rune again, surprisingly hard, and goes, Ow! And a training voice fills the room. Scrum is a lightweight framework to help, pe to help people, teams, and organizations generate value through adaptive solutions for complex problems. In a nutshell, at this point, Ander, please roll a charisma save uh, to stop the rune from talking. Uh, uh, no, you know what? I'm going to punch the rune. <laughs> I want to punch... <laughs> It's safe to say Ander and Redna will okay, get along roll, Okay, roll an attack. I, I guess it's Oh, yeah. If he gets another nat 20. Oh, oh, oh. oh no. Okay. A nat one. Oh, God. So, so... So you roll a nat one, and, and now, as soon as you s you smack the jukebox <laughs> with such fever that it gets louder. Uh, so Scrum requires a Scrum Master to foster an environment where a product owner orders the work for a complex problem into a product backlog. <laughs> the Scrum team turns... I'm going to punch the... I'm punching the rune. <laughs> punch the All rune. Right. Um, fuck. Oh, no, I'm in sack. I got a 17. All right. All right, as you as you punch it, the rune stops talking. So you see, Redda, uh, Redda uh, responds to this, and you see, uh, he says, "Well, uh, oh well, that's that's uh, that's uh, I feel like you guys really got the gist of it there, uh, but I won't keep you any longer uh, than our fifteen minutes because that goes over the first sprint and against the principles taught to me by the great unholy halls of the Order of Scrum. Uh, the army's outside, guys. You'll find your godsend dispatchment waiting for you. I'll fill you in on battle strategies when." Uh, your training commences. Sprint two commencing, and Redna sprints outside. I, I, I do not like these persons. <laughs> Just bring it up in the retrospective. Yeah, in retrospective, I regret everything. Is are all like Agra followers like this, Ander? No, just the enthusiastic ones. Are you a scrum master? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I heard there was a like a big schism after like the great backlog refinement. <laughs> I heard about that. That was like pretty rough. Ander, if they have scrum masters, do they have scrum apprentices? Is that what you are? No, no, that that's called a project manager. And that's not what you are. Nope. <laughs> 
What are you? Ander. <laughs> why, 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 thank you, yes, we know your name at this point, but, like, things that there's apparently a greater organization within, like, those who follow Agma, like, where do you fall? Are, are, are you, like, the little boy who gets, like, coffee for people? Oh, I'm just a developer. <laughs> what do you develop? Knowledge, maybe? Murder. <laughs> Murder? Knowledge Apparently. archives of Agma, I guess? I don't know why I'm supporting this guy, but... Yep. Uh, <laughs> Alright, en uh, enough scrum. <laughs> uh, Vin, Vil Vilhelm's gonna head, head over to the ball pit, and there's kind of, like... Diamond. <laughs> okay. So Owl uh, says enough scrum, and then Wilhelm just dives into the pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you dive into the ball pit. Uh, what? what the, you're in a ball pit. What do you want to do? Look, look, because she's. I forget the guy's name, Clemens. but there's the guy who was like making like weird sneaky glances at me. I was, <laughs> I was gonna confront him on why he's okay. making. I was gonna ask him about the the like gunpowder smell. Okay, uh, so you see, uh, you see, Clevens is like swimming backwards in the ball pit, and he's like, uh, "Hey, what's what's going on?" <laughs> so, uh, what's with what's with the gunpowder smell? It's a little overpowering. Um, these aren't balls; they're bombs. Wilhelm, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked you about about the smell. I did not ask you about the balls. <laughs> But that is the smell. That is the smell. Are you, are you okay? That's, that is the smell. The smell is the bombs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach it and try to pull Wilhelm out. Oh no, I think I might have to sneeze. <laughs> what would that be? Oh fuck, I'm really weak. You can, you can try it. I got an eight. Wilhelm pulls me in. <laughs> you guys are now both inside of this, this, uh, this bomb pit. <laughs> He's like, I'm making the bombs for the upcoming war. Uh, so Clemens, the other question, why are you making like weird like glances at me and like winking and shit? That was awkward. Oh, you saw my winks? <laughs> I was winking about this giant shit. How do I get out of this? <laughs> Help will. I think we should just... <laughs> I will. I think we should leave uh, Clemens till he is... Uh, uh, pooping He's grabbing my foot. <laughs> no. He winked at me. He, he disappears under the ball pit. <laughs> can we all hear this? If you want, I mean, you can see that Awul is frantically trying to get out of the ball pit. Uh, the specifics of the Clevin bombs, I don't know if you'd be privy to that. Elagos is just going to eat his eggs. I pull right. myself out. All right, good, good. The home climbs out. All right, you guys are out of the ball pit. So as you guys eat your breakfast and get, like eat your eggs and dust yourself off of residue gunpowder, uh, you kind of see uh, outside beyond the door uh, the plateau is the plateau is swarming with movement, hundreds of troops, if if not more. At this point, this is where we're going to split up into character specific sections. So first, we're going to actually handle Elagos. So Elagos, after you uh, after you finish up your eggs. Uh, your good old breakfast, you go outside and you see a legion of troops standing before you, all of them emblazoned with Helm's insignia. One of them is smiling as he carries a lectern. Elagos, I want you to roll an insight if you can, so you can like sum up the army, kind of like size up this army that you very likely are going to be given control of. That's an 11. 
Okay. Uh, so after you roll up roll up that insight uh, there, you're able to quickly segment your army into three groups. You just get a basic understanding of it. So the first group, which comprises about 80% of your overall battle forces, looks somewhat green. Sloppy form, fear in their eyes. You wouldn't be surprised if they've actually never seen real combat. Just basic training, uh, from what you can tell. To this group's left, something catches your eye. It seems to be an all-tiefling division, uh, holding flaming scimitars and carrying the stench of brimstone. And then there's a troop to your far right that also happens to catch your eye, which is mainly comprised of humans. Their armor is thicker, their swords, their spears, their bows are held with the grips of experts. Uh, these are your battle-hardened troops, and you notice some of their faces as they look straight ahead, uh, refusing to d look directly at you. Uh, they seem to be from your old order. Oh. And as you sit, sit there summing up your uh, y your your army, uh, one one man approaches you from the green section. Nyuk, nyuk, nyuk. Nice to meet you, Colonel Elagos. My name is Sir Tinley. A grizzled old human emerges from these main forces, uh, trips and stands before you and salutes. Uh, but he accidentally pokes himself in both eyes with the saluting hand. Uh, it's, Colonel may be a bit of a stretch, but um, glad to glad. Having you on board. He he looks at you and he's like, no, you you definitely are the colonel. That's what Helm said. No, no, no. No, go ahead. No, no, that's it. Uh, I'm giving you a chance to respond here. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to. <laughs> I've got like 80% 80, 80 of the army is, is apparently just conscripts. And then I've got <laughs> maybe two two divisions of people who actually know what they're doing. And then you see, as you say that, uh, you see from behind you... Uh, well, that Retz was an inside thought. Well, as you think this, <laughs> Retzel appears behind you. He says, hey, I'm a helm guy now. Got promoted to Brigadier General once they found out I was Elagos' personal trainer. Don't feel like fighting, though. Wiped out from yesterday's training. More of an, uh, an idea guy. And he looks over at Sir Tinley. Hey, you, idiot man with few years left to live. Can you fetch me a drink? I'm parched and it's hot out today. He flashes his Brigadier General insignia, and the light bounces off of it and briefly blinds you, Elagos. Fucking... Certainly. What drink do you wish for, my honored Brigadier General? <laughs> Surprise me, but not too surprising. Nothing with bubbles, and it should come completely clear. Colored drinks give me gas. Actually, it's hot today. I'm gonna take a quick 15 inside. Elagos, as you were... I do not recognize your authority, you <laughs> fucking pleb. He, sl he slips a paper to you titled Speech, Elagos, and the contents of the speech are actually, even though you hate him, it's you kind of want to see what he's written down just so you can embarrass him. The contents of the speech are one sentence crossed out that says, you will die horribly. There is then an asterisk that says, win them back with your famous joke about the three soldiers and the fat orc. And you hear the door to Larry's bar slam shut and lock. You hear a window crack as Retzela, holding a glass of a bubbly colored drink, uh, yells, Speech! The crowd quickly follows his lead and starts, begin, starts to begin to chant, Speech! The man carrying the lectern places it down before you, but accidentally crushes Sir Tinley's foot, who yells, Ow! Before stumbling back and falling into the crowd. Speech, Elagos. God. <laughs> you... Vin, you could have warned me about this before the session. Absolutely not. Oh, of course you couldn't. All right. Well, 
first things first, Elagos, after uh, skimming the contents of Retzel's speech, is going to just, like, tuck it inside his tunic. Because <laughs> he, he, won't, he won't be needing that. Alright. Uh, hello? I see a lot of familiar faces here, and a lot, a lot of people who I, I don't recognize. Hi. How you doing? So that's us. That that is you. Um listen, I'm not going to lie about our chances. This is going to be a rough battle. We've got the fate of the world resting on our shoulders and the zealots from like a whole bunch of different gods are coming to stand in our way. But, as, uh, as insurmountable as those odds sound, I want you to take, uh, fuck, what's the word? Solace. That's the word. <laughs> take solace in that fact. We are the last line of defense for this world. And, <gasps> look, I... Excuse me. Don't burp during my speech. <laughs> I don't care how shitty it is. You don't get to interrupt me. Sir Tinley covers his mouth. <laughs> All right, look. The order that I'm from, I was... I started out as the only one there who was different. It was always a situation of I had to prove myself. I had to let everyone know that I was worth something. But seeing this here today... We've got my old order, who's looking pretty good. Hey guys, how you doing? Um, combined with all different folks from all different walks of life, it gives me hope that we can pave a better future after this is all over. And the only way that we're going to see the other side of this is if we all just band together and kick the shit out of everybody who stands in our way. And I'm assuming this would be the end of your speech. Yeah, probably. As you as you deliver the final punching line, everyone like throws up like their helmets in like a good cheer and you see everyone's everyone seems to be incredibly motivated uh by by your speech. It, I do not believe it. The people from your old brigade are not not as impressed, but they give you like that small clap. But the the the, the green the green like the eighty percent of your troops are very inspired because this is probably the first inspirational speech they've heard. Um, and after you've given that speech, and the crowd is kind of just like still like uh, talking amongst themselves, uh, Redna emerges from the lectern. Good job motivating those troops, Elagos. You are one out of four years away from becoming a true scrum master yourself. I recommended you for one-on-one -on -one training with the Scrum Lords. I will not be attending. <laughs> it would only cost about 2,000 gold per certifications, plus yearly upkeep. But soon you'll be a Scrum Dog millionaire in no time. <laughs> but I digress. Helm has given you a great number of forces, you see. Uh, and from our intel during the pre-pre-sprint, uh, the enemy forces have constructed a massive fortress of sorts. It's called Sprint Zero. If you were a Scrum Master, you'd know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, see, you're you're already on your way to being a scrum lord. That's the first test. <laughs> you passed the first test of scrum. Uh, <laughs> constructed a massive fortress of sorts, towering walls of stone rising into the sky, mounted with machines of death, massive towers, obelisks, hiding lord knows what. We've gathered the combined forces of Malar and Baphomet. Uh, they seem to be gathered outside of the front gate. Foul beasts and wretched cavalry. Uh, are preventing anyone from reaching that front gate. Uh, given the ass support that we're also anticipating from the dragons, the maximum efficiency of your troops would most likely be on the ground. Uh, so whip up those those rookies into shape. Uh, get tactics ready and figure up how you're dividing the men. Get the tactics ready. You really know. Scrum it up. Uh, and that's where I'm actually going to give you some time to think about this before we come back to your St. Elegos, because we're going to be heading over to... Um, we're gonna be heading over to Wilhelm right. now. Would I know like the layout of the where we're, um, like the terrain layout of where we're going? You won't have like an exact terrain, but what you know based off of what your scrum uh, your scrum master has told you is that there is going to be a large force of cavalry, uh, and it seems from from what he from what he describes there from the forces of Malar and Baphomet, uh, the plane in which you believe this to be would be a, it would be like a flat plains before you were to uh before the actual castle that that they, yeah, you're going to be storming so flat <laughs> yeah. yeah three paragraphs for the word flat next <laughs> all right so let's go on to Wilhelm section so while you try to think of something or like how you want to split up those troops but Wilhelm uh you see as you step out uh before you a massive series of tents and forges scattered across a long area of this plateau. There are dozens of goblins working the forges, readying the troops, and armor for the battle to come. They cheer Wilhelm in their shrill voices and resume working. The smell of molten metal is rich in the air. The heat coming from this place somehow makes the scorching weather seem cold by comparison. Speech! <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> you, you see four curious faces peer out from the forge area. Four dwarves. Their faces look familiar. Too familiar. Wilhelm! The dwarves begin headbutting each other and punching themselves. The party animal has returned! We hear you're fighting to save all of existence or something! So I guess we're starting early! As they begin passing around a flask. Several flasks. They offer it to you. Do you drink any? So two things. One, I like to picture that Wilhelm is still like in his like Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas whatever the fuck <laughs> outfit. And goblin slippers, like he hasn't changed out his pajamas. Um, two, he's like, uh, well, uh, gentlemen, uh, I don't. Would getting absolutely plastered before a fight be a good idea? Because I don't think it would be. They all look at each other a little confused, and they're like, "This is an alcohol." What? Then, then what is it? They hand you the flask. Are you are you going to tell me what it is? Well, yeah, it's. It's yerba mate. What? Did you just did you just like hiccup or something? Try try saying that again. Wait a second. You you that's not alcohol. That's tea. Okay. Why are you drinking tea from a flask? Well, after Gildrick accidentally burned down an orphanage, we decided we gotta sober up and get clean. So now we only drink on special occasions. You still an alcoholic though? I mean, I I, I never <laughs> was like. 
They're all deception. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't wait. I'm confused. Like, yeah, my family made the beer, but they never drank in extreme excess. I just engaged in both partake in the product that my family made. They all remember your bender. I legit thought they were about to give him, like, a drink laced with pervitin, which is that drug they used during the Blitzkrieg to make sure soldiers didn't have to sleep. <laughs> no. Was that was that just meth? Yes, it it was in fact just <laughs> meth pills. It, it, this is this is tea. This is not meth. Um, as you kind of just like stare over this flask of yerba mate, you see a uh, a goblin announce. He just like stands up from the forge. I just remembered, everyone. Today's my birthday. And the four dwarves all kind of exchange glances and say amongst themselves, "Well, that seems like a pretty special occasion." And Wilhelm, before you know it, they've taken the flask out of your hands and put it inside of their tunics, and then they all pull out separate flasks and begin drinking. <laughs> so, gentlemen, do you guys have, like, a, a bandolier of uh, situationally appropriate beverages, like a bandolier of water, a bandolier of alcohol, a bandolier of tea, urban butter? You don't? If... No? I'm I'm a simple man. If I want to engage in the consumption of bev in if I want to con engage in the consumption of alcoholic beverages, I just consume dark beers and stouts and whatnot. Well, I got that. And he pulls out a flask. <laughs> <laughs> As I, the player, am eyeing my own uh, my own stout. Eh, could I uh, uh, partake? If he you don't mind. He looks at you and then he tosses you the uh, <laughs> the the flask. <laughs> it's like eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's 8 a.m. It's it's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> as you begin to drink your stout. So as you walk around the camp, uh, you, 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 it's, it's pretty hot, as I mentioned before. A massive shadow appears above you. It begins to blot out the sun and provides a brief respite from the heat. Then we will fight in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> then you see it. An airship descending uh, behind the forge. On its side is emblazoned in large, bold letters, Van Corfer. Redna is holding on to its boarding platform. Oh, no. The airship touches down and Fixus emerges, no longer metal, and with a sense of vigor and determination you haven't seen him before. His noble prete uh, pretensions seem to be stripped away. And Fixus walks off of the boarding dock and he says, A little half told me you are trying to build the perfect set of armor. That, that is correct. Uh, what what sort of a, a technical hoo-ha are you going to try and throw my way? I have a feeling I know where this and is going. And as you say that, Redna drops off of the airship and lands right in between you and Fixus. Scrum, scrum, as oh, fast no. as you can. You can catch me. I'm sprinting on plan. Plan time, Wilhelm. Oh, Eligos. Could you... A question. Could you please, like, scrum off to somewhere else? Not not until I've given Scram. you your update. <laughs> scrum. <laughs> Elagos will be leading the main army on the grounds towards the enemy forces. The a horrible decision, really. <laughs> They'll cleave a path straight through the outside armies, giving you a path to the front gate, which we will need you to take down. Whether your suit of armor or something else you can concoct, you'll need to take that front gate down. And as you wish, Redna out! And he just sprints away. So, I have to. So, what do I have to build? Like a battering ram or something? Uh, some sort of siege Redna equipment? Redna is gone and Fixus responds. Who in the nine hells was that? Did anyone else see that guy? I, 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 <laughs> look, Mr. Mr. Van Corfer, I, I barely know who this annoying imp of a man is, but, eh. Uh, yeah, um, well, I have to take down Big Gate, so, eh. Uh, 
I don't know how the hell we can... I'm trying to think. Uh, well, Mr. Man Corfer, if I were you... Or... <laughs> Wait, fuck. Words are hard. It must be the stout, I apologize. Uh, if you were tasked with taking down Giant Gate, how would you do it? Hmm. Uh, he kind of begins to think to himself, and he's like, well... I, I, there's quite a few ways. I, I like, I like drills. Um, you could use bombs. Uh, th there's quite a few ways to get down, to make a gate go down. It's a little too simple, but I, I'm not entirely sure what the best way to do that would be. I think you may have the better idea in this instance, but whatever project you work on or choose to work on, I'll, I'll be able to add my signature Van Corfer genius to it to make sure it's really cutting edge. All right, so Mr. Mr. Van Corfer, do you happen to know what the what material the gate is made out of? Uh, he shrugs. He's not entirely sure. But as as he shrugs, uh, you feel a wet hand on your shoulder. Uh, and it grabs your shoulder lightly before squeezing it tighter and tighter. Uh, what do you do? Uh, upon the wet hand grabbing Wilhelm, he just kind of winces, and then, um, when the hand begins to squeeze, Wilhelm turns towards wherever the wet hand is. Uh, so you look at, you look towards where the hand is, and it's Larry, uh, the bartender. Uh, he appears drenched in sweat, uh, and he hands you a yerba mate. Uh, so, uh, Wilhelm, uh, talk about hot, right? Yeah, it, it, it is in fact a hot day, and we're also surrounded by forges, so it's, we're going to be a little extra sweaty. I could tell by your wet hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, yeah, you got a lot of goblins and four dwarves here. Uh, no way you need all of them working on your armor. Uh, I was wondering if you could uh, help me forge some defenses for the bar, if you got some time. Working on it, getting it airborne for the battle, like some stronger defenses. All right, well, let, Letty, here's the thing. I assume the during the battle, I assume would it not make more sense for the bar to function as the bar as an aerial like sort of command base? Well, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: the 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 since it will be airborne, it would not exactly be optimal to have a the um the the bar become too become too heavily fortified because you know the dragon still ha uh, Ignatius or whatever the hell his name is still has to like fly around and be mobile, um. We're all thinking it. Nobody say it. What? <laughs> Time to go mobile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go mobile. You said it. <laughs> all right. Okay. So again, I'm sorry, uh, Larry. I have a question. Yeah. If someone were to tell you, "Hey, Larry, you have to break down a big gate. How would you do it?" Uh, I punch it. That. Alright, so, uh, Clemens was making those bombs, correct? Clemens making bombs? Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought- Nah, that, I'm I kidding, I know were... Clemens making bombs. Don't worry about it. Alright, well, Mr. Ratnow, whatever his name is, was like, Oh, hey, Mr. Mister Onyx, you have to break down gate. I've never had to build or partake in a siege before, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it. Because, like, in terms of ways to break through gate, I mean, we have- a battering ram is option. We have a like we can like like a cannon or a catapult that launches the bombs with a sufficiently delayed fuse. We can also build siege towers and within those siege towers place troops to mount the walls. And then from there, when the, once the wall is occupied, we can just force the gates open. 
but I'm not sure which of those is the most optimal way to approach it. Elgos is going to uh, march over as someone who has taken part in battles. It's best to have a little column A, a little column B. You don't want to throw all your eggs into the same basket, because if that basket is the most fortified, you have no plan B. Hey, you're not a goblin! And all the goblins start jumping up and down. <laughs> little, goblin, little goblinos, he is fine. Elgos is cool. So as the as the goblinos begin to like walk around you, um, you see uh, someone taps your kneecap. Who's ta who is tapping my kneecap? <laughs> so you see a, a fat, wizened goblin uh, b before you, Wilhelm, and he says, uh, "My name is uh, Gluzbuzz. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> I have schematics from a friend. I was hoping you could make." All right, uh, what schematics do you have? All right, so he hands you a, a, a one blueprint. Uh, any, any, this blueprint depicts to you, you know those backpacks that, like, hikers wear that have that tube for water that goes into their mouth? Uh, a camel, a camel pack. A, a camel pack. Yeah, so it's like that, except the goblin is the backpack, and the other end of the tube is in its mouth. What? As soon as you see this, he promptly swipes away the blueprint, uh, and says, we can make that after the battle, uh, but this is actually what I really wanted to show you. Uh, and he gives you another blueprint, uh... It's the exact same design, except now everyone is naked and the dwarf is wearing nipple clamps. Uh, he promptly snatches that one back. Get he says, that's weird... trademark! Don't even Get think about it! Get your crap away from me. Like, I'm sorry, nipple... that's that's also not what I want. I'm still, I'm still recovering from the brain surgery episode. Please just don't do this to All me. right, all right. This is the real schematic. I, I think it would really help our guys get an edge in the fight because they're sitting on ducks out there otherwise. He right, gives yeah. you the third and final blueprint, uh, which Wilhelm, uh, th this is a crude mechanical Wilhelm uh, that is mounted by goblins that would be riding into battle. Uh, these crude mechanical Wilhelms are mounts that can be used by goblins and dwarven forces under the command of you, uh, and they will give the goblins a, a pretty decent, sizable movement speed advantage, and this is really, uh, this is really something that could assist your your goblin warriors and you see the uh the the fat wise and goblin goblin uh gluzbuzz said he was like i really think that this is gonna save a lot of lives on the battlefield all right so okay so vin this is basically like the hulkbuster armor kind of right like that sort of thing like, no it is literally a mount for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually a mount so Wilhelm, you've got a couple of choices before you. Uh, you're definitely going to be making a mech suit, uh, because that's what Fixus is here to help you make out. you got a couple of options here. It seems like you've been given the option to uh, have Fixus work on a couple of a uh, couple of projects. He's bumping up the bar, making some of these uh, making some of these contraptions. And I'm actually going to leave you here uh, for a little bit when we go over to the next character, and I'm going to give you uh, the cheat sheet on what everything is going to have and what you can make. So let me go All ahead right. and give that to you now. One second here. Oh, he gets a cheat sheet? He gets a cheat sheet. <laughs> I didn't get a cheat sheet. I know. I know too. As well. No, you don't know. And also, just so that you know, there's about 30 goblins total inside of your foire. So you'll you can use them. It's you're gonna be using these as like a like a counting forces, pretty much. So I sent you a message text document because it was too long. So now we're going to head over to Breathweaver. So Breathweaver, uh, as you step outside, 
you hear a rush of wind and a cacophony of roars echoing off in the distance behind you. As you scout out the source of that noise, uh, taking you to the other side of the plateau behind Larry's bar, I want you to roll perception. That's not a good thing for me to roll, but okay, here we go. Plus zero. Uh, I can't see it. Discord message. You got a 19. You a 19. Shut up. A 19. Wow. Lo I love how you psyched yourself down for that <laughs> one. Uh, so you see a crisscrossing flight maneuver of dragons in the air, complicating patterns of aerial mobility. You feel a yearning deep inside of you, a call to flight. Uh, but your feet feel heavier than ever. Uh, gravity's taunting you. Uh, how are you going to help lead all these creatures if you're unable to move as they do? So suddenly, uh, a violent crash of noise and force, a tidal wave smashing into the cliff face. A dragon plummets right before you, landing with a terrifying show of force. It's an old storm dragon, ancient yet spry, carrying an aura of a cold front around it. It's like the first chill before a blizzard. What do you do? Uh, greetings! My name is Breathweaver. What is yours? Uh, it looks at you and it says, My name is Keeper of the Northern Storm. And it roars at you and you see sparks flickering around, and you see sparks flickering around the air, lightning in its breath latching onto reality for but a moment before returning to oblivion. And you feel the, the midst of a great and massive storm. And I want you to make a con save. Oh, no. Is this the episode where Breathweaver dies? I've got to hype this one up now and fail it, Ben. My God, it's happening. The fans asked for it. 23. Damn it. <laughs> he gets a what did you get? 23. All right. So you managed to keep your footing despite the immense winds bludgeoning you. Uh, and after this roar ceases, you see in the dragon's open mouth, its massive red tongue begins to unfurl like a red carpet at a movie premiere. Riding this carpet is none other than Redna. Scrumbledore at your service, casting spells of organization, flexibility, and accountability. Breathweaver, Bahamut has provided his most ancient and loyal dragons for this fight. He has chosen you to ride among them, to help organize and direct them. Be forewarned, Tiamat's providing many dragons have her own to patrol the skies. Securing control of the air is vital to ensuring our ground patrols can proceed unaccosted. Find a mount who will let you ride it. I'm sure there are a handful not integrated into Bahamut's aerial tactics yet, and help make some plans for the coordinated airstrike. I didn't have many jokes for you this time around, as I was explicitly instructed to keep it simple and to the point. Uh, as he says this, Redna grabs the foot of a dragon that wait, flies wait, wait, by and is yoinked into the sky and disappears. Okay. <laughs> Before you go, I shout at, just... at him as he's leaving. Can you train Ander in that teleportation? It might make him more useful. What? As he is carried away. <laughs> uh, and then I'm, not, as... I'm not getting in there, by the way. I, I, I'm not into that. Yeah, but... That dragon is already gone. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> <laughs> he's just talking to no. I feel like Corley said. Breathweaver says that, and like Larry's walking up behind them to offer him a drink, and he just says that, and Larry's like, "Okay." I'm not getting into that, by the way. <laughs> Larry just looks at the drink, like he's like, "Into this? How are you gonna fit?" <laughs> Ignitus lands before you, Breathweaver. Okay. It is good to see you, friend. How be you? Ah, uh, yes, I be well. How have you been over the uh, three days since we last spoke? 
I think. Hmm. Or is huh. it four? Pretty good. So, I want to know. It seems like you've become a little bit more wizened, Breathweaver. Tell me, have you learned more of who you are or what you fight for? Well, I had an alter... Uh, I don't. I don't even know what to call it. I, I guess an outer body experience merged with myself. Outer. Outer body experience. Out of. What's the proper terminology? Out. Out of. Out, 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 out of body. body. Close enough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an inner he body. He gets touched by Larry's wet hand. Outer body experience. <laughs> <laughs> so you had an. Outer body experience, how? And what does that mean? Uh. Not exactly what it means. Means I mean means in the frame of my question. I believe so. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, breath weaver. Thanks for talking. You know, there's so, there's something about you now. Maybe that outer body. Body experience changed you, but I want you to follow your destiny, Breathweaver, and allow yourself to achieve it. Become who you are now. Now climb on. I will bring you to the rest of my kind. Find a mount who is worthy of you and you of it. He opens his mouth. No, uh, so he, 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 he bows down to you as almost like gesturing for you to, to climb onto okay, I will climb onto his back. All right. So as you climb onto Ignitus, he bolts off through the cloud line, crawling towards the distant sun. The cold wind dragging, uh, the cold wind dragging your face like talons. The, the majesty of the sky is a lot like the ocean. Infinite, surreal, majestic, beautiful. And with that underlying, nearly undetected, undetectable hint of dread as ignitus settles in the sky about two dozen other dragons fly up to join you breath weaver how many survey our kind two dozen okay survey our 24 uh <laughs> the strongest the most ancient rare and unseen kin wonders of existence address the crowd first tell us of the dangers the stakes and the glory that awaits then survey and choose your mount you hear beyond the distance Elagos chanting speech. <laughs> he roars a mighty roar as he. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not getting in that. <laughs> I'm not getting. Mama, why would you just call? Why would you just call that line out of like, out of everything in that fucking like, green text? Why I don't know, that man, it one? Just, it just felt right. <laughs> Jesus. Shrek is off, Shrek is life, my dude. These dragons are, uh, like, seeming to await some sort of speech or, or something from you to give them a clue about what's going to be going on. Um, so, what what do I know is going to be going on? We're fighting some other of Tiamat's dragons. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> Here, let me link this to you. He gets a cheat sheet, too. It's just red. It's just Renda's thing. It's just the thing that he told him already. Yeah. He already knows. I'm just giving it to him. I wouldn't be in character right. if Alan goes to cheat. Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> we fly here together against the forces of Tiamat for the control of the skies. The battle will not be easy, but the ground troops need our support. 
Now let us show our enemies that we are a force to be feared. Roll a nature check now, uh, Breathweaver, to survey what types of dragons are here. Ooh, for your mount. Two. A 13. Okay. So, you see quite a few dragons are listed here. Uh, these are loyal servants of Bahamut. Uh, and of note, you see a few that have not yet been assigned a role. So there is a storm dragon, a lean blue dragon. It seems agile, like a spring coiled, ready to attack. The clouds up here seem to darken as they drift past this dragon, and the gust that scrapes over it carries downwind a bone-chilling cold. It looks at you with glowing eyes, and for a split second, you hear the crash of thunder and the heat of lightning. There's an obsidian dragon, angular and sharp. This thin, uh, this thin long dragon looks almost annoyed by the rest. It carries the weight of knowing a truth no other would understand. Its searching eyes settle on you, and you feel the weight of a massive intellect devouring you, probing you. It feels as if you're being scorched by the flight of fire, and then it passes. There's a battle dragon. A rust-colored dragon with red specks. It is massive, with razor-sharp scales on its arms, legs, and tail. It has a noble, determined look in its eye, and it studies you as it would a potential combatant or ally. Its majesty seems untouched by time, and despite the scars and slashes from past wars, it stares at you, and you notice that it's analyzing the scars and slashes that cover you as well. There's a lung dragon. A long and slender black body with long and notable red accents and lines. It's smaller than the others and far more slender. It looks at you with a polite curiosity, wondering how you are, why you are here, and what exactly you are bringing to the table. Maybe you are wondering the same. There is a shadow dragon, a dragon long and smooth, made of a matte black scales that seem to absorb all light around it, creating an aura of shadow. The sun seems to die upon touching this creature. It stares at you with black eyes nearly lost in its black head. For a second, you find yourself lost in the shadowy gaze, and the light around you is but a weight that touches all but your eyes. There's a brain stealer dragon. A small, purple scales line its body, fleshy almost. Not as a defensive as a typical dragon, it has a squid-like head similar to a Mind Flayer's own maw. It has white bloated eyes and a look of undying horror. It smiles at you, relieved your brain does not hold any secrets it would be feel compelled to devour. As it stares at you, you feel the temptation, the urge, and secrets of unknowable magnitudes await at this creature's footsteps. So, Breathweaver, what mount will it be? Who do you feel is a kindred spirit of yours? And this is where we're going to cut your section. I'm going to send you over. How did he detect the thunder before the lightning? It was loud. Thunder before the lightning. Super Let senses. me give a speech on that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, Aul. We're going to go into Aul's section now. So, Aul. As you walk outside and scan the perimeter, you don't seem to see anything of note waiting for you. You'll have to prepare for this battle alone, as you expected. As you were used to. The sun-blasted stone beneath you reeks of something old and forgotten. The noises of training and commands, combat and bouts, forging and flying. Redna emerges from the ground like a groundhog. Well, hello there, Aul. I seem to have seen my shadow. So that means six more weeks of scrum this year. He pulls himself out and dusts himself off. <laughs> the scrum lords have spoken highly of you, as did Agma. Anybody but not who Big doesn't Hef. get, like, isn't a developer or does, knows nothing about developers, this is just going to go over their heads. Again, yes. we circle back to listeners, question mark? 
That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but not Big Kev. He probably informed me to tell you to go fuck yourself. However, what I come to relate to you in this update is that we have ground forces, air forces, mechanical forces, but what we really need is an elite individual, a scrum man like yourself, if you will, to infiltrate the fortress and find the source of that dimension's power. And word on the sprint is you're just the man to validate that deliverable. In terms of training, I mean, there isn't anything provided to you by the gods. Real people person, I see. I guess go scrum it up down in the dojo. Hone your skills. Find some wisdom. I honestly don't know. You know, employees like you, we call the problem people. You are who we seek to avoid when hiring. Uh, whoever hired you must have been a scrum, but he was no master. I was lying about the scrum lords in Agma. They did not speak highly of you. Oh boy, not at all. <laughs> but I did accurately relay that message from Big Kev. And you know what? I endorse I that I was going to punch this guy. <laughs> <laughs> As you punch him, Render starts to recede back into the ground, slowly sinking in, holding out one middle finger. As you punch him, he just goes, ow! Oh, I got an 11. Scrum man, there's no need to feel down or set scrum man. <laughs> I don't think I said a single word to this guy <laughs> ever, and he just Go blew up my entire ground. life. <laughs> and now he's gone. I was like looking around, so unsure, somewhere to fix this. If anyone else saw what just happened, he... <laughs> there's no one around that saw what just happened. <laughs> uh, this man just called you out and left. I was gonna go back into the bar. Did any of it really happen? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so as you pass through the bar, uh, you see Larry with various tomes and schematics spread across a table. The blackboard now has various runes drawn onto it in a magical circle. In the middle of this blackboard, it is almost nearly perfectly written, the word pray. Larry takes a sip of a drink. This is going to be an all-night brain buster. Uh, fuck, I guess I have nothing else. Um, Larry, what are you doing? What's up with you? Oh, hey, Owl. I've been trying to reverse engineer some of these runes on the inside of Pray's pod. Any ideas? It's the key for getting a portal to open for us into that other world. Alagos gets an army. I'm okay. I'm in, okay. Um, I I'm not the magic guy, so I don't really know. Okay. Uh. Well. Well. That's a shame. Uh, if I don't get this figured out, uh, I'm gonna get completely eaten out by Ogma. Uh. Do you mean, Larry? Do you mean chewed out by Ogma? <laughs> yeah, that too. How uh, suddenly you hear you hear a knock on the door. Owl, can you get that for me? If they're a solicitor, tell them to fuck off. If it's a Girl Scout, tell them to fuck off. Actually, if it's anyone besides Clevin or Retzla, tell them to fuck off. Uh, um, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna open the door. Uh, says so you open hey guys, the door, you see. Hey guys, I was see... just wondering where do you want me to put this? Uh... We're all exterminators. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you open the door you see a schlubby looking man middle aged thinning hair a total dad bod but not the funny kind he is wearing depressing clothing a shirt with pit stains and gray sweatpants he's holding one hand upwards as if he's waving fuck off and I slam the door Larry responds oh what the fuck do you know who that is you know what fuck off Larry <laughs> Larry rushes over to the door and opens it the man's hand is still up in a wave. Oh, let me introduce you to the artist formerly known as Breadboy. And you see, Breadman says, Hi, Larry says I should tell you to call me Breadman. You can call me that or Ronnie. 
He smells faintly of urinal cakes and holds a wet hand out to you, Owl. What do you do? Uh, why is, why is your hand wet? Oh, uh, he wipes it on his pants and it's still wet. I, I don't know. Larry, shake the man's hand. Don't leave him hanging. Uh, Larry just, like, like, looks at you and, like, eh, it, it just, like, gives you, like, a small, like, no nod, like, uh, out of, like, Breadman's field of view. And he said, Breadman's gonna help me recreate the, uh, missing rune we need to get into praise dimension. Um, okay. So, you don't need me anymore, then? Probably not. You can go to a train in the dojo, though, if you want. Oh, my God. I guess... Ooh, I like dojos. I lost my virginity in one. Maybe lightning will strike twice. Where's this dojo at? What? Breadman, get your dick out of the gutter. We gotta focus on runes. You can't. You you can fuck the dojo after. He's fucking the dojo. Maybe. Oh my god. Vilhelm got like his own fucking blacksmith setup. Uh, all right. I go in the dojo. So as you enter the the dojo, you notice that all of the practice dummies have been taken out of the area, uh, likely to train Elagos' paladins. Uh, once again, he has squandered your dojo time. Uh, and at the thought of your lack of a sparring partner appears in your mind, you see in the middle of the dojo is a pool of black water that opens near, uh, near you. And hundreds of red eyes stare at you from beyond this murky darkness. Uh, and they seem to be waiting for instruction from you. Uh, you feel a deep chill flood over the room. Uh, the windows here frost over, and the light around you grows dim. Uh, what do you do? Uh, uh, I guess I'll try to use Arcana to like figure out what these are. Okay. Uh, roll Arcana. So I'll focus on the source of the energy. I got a 13. Okay, you're not exactly sure that you can pin down exactly what this is yet, but it feels very similar to the uh, that great old one, that deity that you had struck a deal with. So, uh, you guys, the guys that work for my guy? Uh, they stare at you, and you can see, like, one of the eyes, one of the sets of eyes kind of, like, stares at you and, like, nods, almost. Are you here to help me? Mm, it... It nods again. Fucking Redna. Redna, I got some people now. Fuck off. Uh, all right, what what do you guys got for me? Show me your, sh your uh, stuff. So, all right, so as you say that, uh, a, a few fleshy black humanoids arise from the darkness, adorned with tentacles that writhe on their limbs, as if each possessing a mind of its own. Three of them stand before you. Somewhere, someplace, sometime, as you are admiring this gift from your eldritch associate. Uh, mask is absolutely seething. So, uh, they kind of just are, like, awaiting, like, some sort of order. Uh, but they remember that you had said, show me what you got. Uh, and, like, you see, like, their arms kind of, like, turn into, like, like, these long, thick, like, tentacle-like blades. Uh, like, almost as if they're about to start sparring with you. So, uh, a short training montage of you and these star spawn play. And you'll think that this is gonna be exactly what you need, uh, to aid you on your, uh, your heist that's going to be coming up, Ooh. and uh, yeah, that that they they kind of just like do do some light sparring with you. They're they're pretty they're pretty decent. I'm sending you a, a sheet on like what they actually can do. Uh, these specifically, so yeah. Then then we're going to be going on to the next uh, the next scene, which is going to be Anders. So, Ander, 
Uh, before you can walk outside, you actually hear a call for you to come into uh, Larry's office. Uh, it seems urgent. Uh, what, are you, what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm just gonna walk over to Larry's office. Alright, so as you walk in, you see Redna seated in Larry's study, uh, poring over some battle tactics. He looks at you, a furrowed brow, and sighs heavily before covering up the tactics. Perfect timing. Um, would you mind brewing me a cup of coffee? I'm getting a bit tired. Cream and two sugars, please. Uh, once you bring that in, we can begin your AGMA-mandated performance review. Thank you. I'm not your developer or your intern. I was the one chosen by AGMA to lead this group. So you can screw your sprints, screw your scrum meetings, get me some actual insights and results. And some coffee. All right, fine. Uh, Goodbye. Fine. Uh, well, before... I'm just going to walk out the door. Uh, so if you... If, once you leave the room, Renda appears in the other room, and he he begins to follow. He's like, Ander, I can't, I can't, I can't give you this the stats until you complete your performance review. This is Agma mandated. I don't, I don't care for this. This is, this is Agma mandated. You can get your own coffee. Let's get this fucking done. All right, fine. So he gets his own coffee, and he goes back into the study. So he pulls out a manila folder, and he uh, stares deep at, deep into your eyes, Ander, and he speaks without blinking, without any discernible emotion or vague annoyance. All right, let's start off with some preliminary questions. How are you? Suffering. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I, I, I was told that you were familiar with this procedure. Um, I feel like you were... You thought you should have been familiar with this. Uh, answers will be given on a 1 to 10 scale. Uh, thank you. I ask again, how, how are you? If I could give a 0, I would. But a 1. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much of an orphan are you really? <laughs> Excuse me? I'm just reading what's in front of me. <laughs> I mean, I was an orphan, so yeah, yes or no. ten. Uh, please answer on the on the scale of one to ten. So yeah, a ten. My okay. parents are very dead. <laughs> All right, on a scale of one to ten, uh, how often are you drinking uh, beverages of the alcoholic variety at work? Oh, not at work, but uh, maybe a two. Okay. Um, so then, yes, a common. <laughs> A comment overheard from Aul to uh, an unnamed co-worker mentioned that you drink heavily <laughs> and without guilt. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how accurate is this? A 10. <laughs> alright, alright. On, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how much unauthorized vacation time have you taken? Uh, under these circumstances, unauthorized vacation time would include abandoning the quest for knowledge, uh, being unable uh, for a duration of time to serve Agma, dying without proper authorization, or spending unapproved time in, in unapproved parallel dimensions. Well, considering I definitely spent... Uh, considering I was teleported into an alternate dimension, where I was a monk that could able to punch your face in right now, I'd say probably a six. Okay. Alright. And a comment between Aul and a different fatter co-worker uh, mentioned that you were <laughs> that you are some parallel you in a parallel dimension for a period of time. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how willing are you to offer up this information to Agma and why? <laughs> oh, I've already offered it up. Did you not get the memo? I'm just reading what's in front of me. <sighs> Bureaucrats. 
<laughs> One to ten? Ten. Okay. <laughs> At a, scale, <laughs> at a scale of 1 to 10, please rate your pursuit of knowledge and the amount of information you've gained. An 8. Okay. A comment overheard between Awul and another fatter dwarven co-worker mentioned that Andrew did not know the definition of the word strut and also eats books. On a scale of 1 to 10, as a subject of the god of knowledge, why didn't you know what the word strut meant and do you think this is acceptable? No, I don't think this is acceptable. And you know what? I don't even want to <laughs> That's do this. That's not anymore. enough. <laughs> right, we're I'm almost get done. Up, I'm get, I, I get up and walk out and start talking to Larry. <laughs> so, even though Larry's <laughs> not here <laughs> yet. No. So, you attempt to leave the study, and this time he has locked it. And he's like, we're almost done, I swear. <sighs> Refusal to reply will be noted on the review. <laughs> you know what? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. This is just Ben taking out his HR nightmares onto Morgan. <laughs> All right, so we'll move away from the ten to, one to ten scale for now, and I, I will say a word, and you will say the first word that comes to mind. Okay? Sure. Uh, mother. Father. Orphan. Dead. Fat. Door. Alone. Me. Sexual deviant. What the? <laughs> <laughs> That's two words. <laughs> <laughs> it was hyphenated, maybe. <laughs> it was hyphenated. Alright, so what's the first response? Okay. Father. Yeah. Dead. Scrum. Awful. Master. Idiot. Scrum master. Awful idiot, and that's so freaking un. And this is all hyphenated. <laughs> yeah, all hyphenated. Agma. Keeper. Redna. Deficit. <laughs> Ander. Knowledgeable. Gin. Delicious. Knowledge. Intelligence. Thank you for that. Your answers have been documented. Uh, <clears throat> now, tell me again about your relationship with your mother. Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, I don't really know my mother, so I'm going to put it at a 3. Okay. And lastly, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you want to punch me in the face right now? 11. And lastly, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you want to punch me in the face right now? 10. And lastly, on a scale of 1 to 10, you see he's beginning to repeat himself over and over again, and something seems wrong. And he just keeps repeating that same sentence until he's just yelling, punch me right now, punch me right now, punch me right now, over and over and over again. And as you... Are noticing this? Andrew. Can I? Can I? Can I do something? Sure. Is it punch him right now? I'm gonna cast dispel magic. Um, you you're going to cast dispel magic, and it's going to fizzle because as you as you attempt to cast that that dispel magic, you notice that the walls have suddenly become monochrome, uh, and the words on various pieces of vellum and parchment on Redna's own performance review begin to warp and twist and curl and expand until eventually morphing into arrows, uh, all pointing at the door behind you. And if you turn around to look at the door, you see it's saturated red like a cinder burning in a shadow. And that's where we're going to cut your, your first part of your scene. Back to Heligos. <laughs> Let me scroll all the way the up. fuck? On a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, so, let's go here. So, Elagos, back to you. Yeah. So... Someone, uh, after you've given your speech and after you've uh, 
thought about how you're going to be divvying up your troops. You see, someone from your order approaches you. I'll uh, go some. It's an old-looking man, uh, and he kind of says, uh, uh, So, Elagos, um, I see you killed second in command, and now uh, your colonel. Uh, really failing upwards, huh? Yeah, it uh, appears that way. Yeah, I see. Uh, well, now that the Grandmaster is uh, is dead, uh, wh- whose coattails are you riding? Are you talking to a big guy? I guess Helms. Okay. And you see, like, a couple of more people, like, come up, like, from your order, and they kind of, like, smack this old guy over the head, and he's like, Hey, come on now! Hector was a piece of shit! I never liked him! Elagos was better! We just gotta... We just, uh, he just had to be just kicked worried? out. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you see Larry... You see Larry appears behind you on a dragon, uh, cor- uh breath weaver, and he's like, No! And he just flies back he's, down. He's wearing the frickin' uh, helm armor. Yeah, he passes you a year He actually, actually doesn't leave until Brothweaver looks and says, You can go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting in that. <laughs> uh, so that they had basically said that Hector was a piece of shit uh, and that you had more honor. You see, a majority of your battalion seems pretty, seems pretty chill. They're not, like, they're not being mean to you. Only this one old coot that was just being Chill-er. a jerk. No. Set an example for your troops, Elagos. No, I'm just kidding. You do whatever you want. So, uh, big day coming up. It's be, uh, my first time on this side of the command, I guess. Yeah, well, you get a, you better take a look. And those other divisions over there, I know we're pretty, we're pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, you might want to check out the rest of them. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you guys to take point on this. Um, in fact, if you can get um, if you can get third corps to do a scouting mission, that'd be that'd be ideal. I, right. I need to get a better idea of what we're up against. You got it. So they're gonna go about their business now. So there's two real divisions you have left, uh, Elago. So the the eighty percent, which you know is bad, and then there's the Hellfire division, uh, which is what we're calling the Tieflings. Yes. All right. So make your way over there you'll see that they're all kind of being like led in like this uh combat or like through drills by this uh uh leader a, a female tiefling uh who seems to be like giving out some commands uh she she's wearing like a nothing black leather armor no she's wearing black leather armor uh which contrasts deeply with her uh, cinder red skin she has a long sword uh, that's sheathed in her modest holster uh and her flowing black hair is held in a massive ponytail that waves gently in the wind uh, as you approach, uh, she notices you, uh, and actually walks up to you with an incredible amount of arrogance and swagger in her step. She says, you Elagos? I, 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 yes, I, yes, ma'am. You know, Retzela spoke highly of you. <laughs> <laughs> Did he now? Uh, listen, we're, we're paid by Retzela to supplement the main army. Uh, thing is, money buys our services. We'll fight, no problem. Uh, problem is, money doesn't buy our obedience. Um, you want that? You want us to follow your every word? Uh, that depends on something else. If not, well, we'll just command ourselves in the upcoming fight. Uh, well, I'm a little short on cash currently, but I'm sure something can be arranged. And when you say that, the the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, Bare knuckle boxing! 
First I, person knocked down their ass loses. You do that, I, I'll follow whatever military orders you say. Had to make that specific about military orders because once I left that word out, Lost in the Winter tried to get very weird. No armor, no weapons, no magical hoo-ha enchantments, just old-fashioned boxing. Like martial fisting. To clarify, you martial win? fisting? What? <laughs> <laughs> Go for the no discombobulate. Eligos loves Marshall fisting. <laughs> I don't know who Marshall is, but <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'll fight you if you really want. But like this, I, I really just need you guys to cover the flanks. All right. The, the only thing I know about this army is that cavalry is going to be a big threat, and you've seen like eighty percent of this army. They're gonna run at the first sign of trouble if we get hit on the sides. So, really, you can. You can do whatever you want. Just make sure that doesn't happen. Well, you win. We'll do it. You fist me enough? Well, I'll say yes. <laughs> no. All right, fine. Let's get this over with. All right. So a bunch of tieflings around you form a circle of fire between uh, uh around you guys to see <clears throat> to for, for the two of you to fight it. To see. Uh, you'll need to, yeah jeez <laughs> you will need to notch three successful contested strength checks against her. Uh, the first person to have three successes wins. Exiting the circle is an immediate failure. All right. So I'd like you to, if you can, to make a strength check. I'm feeling a nat one check. Yeah, right. I'm feeling three now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a strength check. So I All believe right. it's modified by your strength modifier. First, discombobulate. Sixteen. She rolls a nineteen. You fail your first. You, she you fail your first one as you attempt to go in for the discombobulator, but uh, she kind of just like grabs your hand, pushes it back, and like punches you in the gut. With his own hand. And as soon as uh, as soon as like. Uh, she she does that. You see some of the green troops kind of gather around the uh, the fire pit, and they're like, "Write that down! Write that down!" <laughs> this counts as training for some reason. <laughs> so the, you can go into that second one, and I'll continue to make the the contested roll. All right, Ellie goes. Don't lose. It's a very real possibility. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad start. Actually, I thought a sixteen was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Oh well. fuck. I guess it's 16. pretty good. <laughs> so as you try to go in to get that second hit, she kind of just like, I, I don't, she, I, I don't know. She just punches your fist, and for some reason it's stronger, and you fall back Reverse on your ass. Yo, Plombo, you got this. Write that down. Says one of that one of the old, uh, the older participants. Uh, so you're up to that next strength check. All right. No! Nine. I'm no! getting worse. Plumbo! <laughs> right. What do you want from me? It's a computer program, randomly generated numbers. Roll better. And as as you go in for that last one, talking about computer generated numbers, she kind of just knocks you on your ass and then picks you up. She's like, "All right, well, you suck. I'm not gonna lie. That was a 3-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Kind of did as well as I expected to do. Double or nothing. <laughs> You'll give her command of the other army if you lose this time. Do it. I will say somehow. I... <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Some, something, something. Power of the old gods. I will see what was going on. Yes. <laughs> Through a dark portal. Do you wanna? Do you wanna try another? Another uh, three strike? Uh, Elagos. Not really. But fucking, what else am I gonna do with the time? So. <laughs> 
Okay. Train the 80% uh, of the army that doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Elia's like, train most of the army, punch a woman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to go with punch. punch. Right, number one. 13. 15. Oh my God. Why am I rolling so well? Man, this might be very good. Seven. Please. Oh god. Plumble! You get double three out. I'm leaving. Not my fault. We know it's Morgan's fault. Plumble! Alright. She beats that. Okay. Eleven. All right. Fuck. So she rolled an eleven, That's... and as she's getting really confident, she's like doing this boxing maneuver. She's literally just giving you left hook, right hook. You just give her this massive uppercut that just puts her in her place. You're able to take control of that swing. Like she was incredibly confident. You have advantage on your next throw. <coughs> thank you, thank you, Merciful. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> it was. Ooh. All right. So she rolls a seventeen. I rolled an roll? unnatural twenty. All right, and then you clock her for the second time. Uh, so you're 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 up here. Uh, let's let's get to this third. Let's get this third success. Oh, plumble, plumble! Oh God! Yeah, yeah. And she rolls. Okay, and she rolls a fifteen. Un <coughs> unedited numbers, one hundred percent accurate. Everybody here saw it. No cheating. So you went for the double or nothing, and you pop, pop, bammed her. Literally right across the jaw, and she goes down. She gets knocked out of the ring of fire. You came in with the reverse, the reverse, uh, double or nothing. You, yeah, you, you win. So, if, since you won, all of the troops are now just brawling each other and, like, getting a lot better. Like, these, the 80% of the army that was, like, betting yeah, and gambling I, I on you were, like, trying to out those fight. moves. <laughs> Inspired them there. To fight against each other. You, ins you inspired so many so many people fighting that it actually counts as training. You're seeing them improve slightly by how slightly. good you actually just like got the re got the reverse on them. So <laughs> and then you see the the tiefling that casted the, the circle of fire just like come up and like raise raise your fists to the sky is like we got a real tiefling over here. Uh and you see Valamir kind of get kind of gets up. She like gets some blood out of her nose as she like blows it out, uh, and she says, "Well, we look forward to fighting alongside you in a battle." Like fight. <laughs> as you as you have as you have like a cotton here now. So, Elagos, since you provided some impromptu training to your troops, uh, you now have gained full control of the army and. So what I had you now can before. Lead them all. No, you didn't have control of the Tiefling di di Division. Uh, Technically, so Retzel have... outranks Elega, so Retzel now controls. The... I don't recognize his authority. <laughs> my authority. <laughs> uh, but here's Just like I don't recognize Red Nose. Oh god, that did not pronounce correctly. Hold up, Plumbo. What? So you you are actually Retzel going to be rule thirty four. What did you just send me? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Okay. I sent you some rules. Oh well, not rules, but really choices. So you get to why are uh, there thirty four of them? Choose. You get to choose which one of these you would like to pick for the upcoming battle. So you can lead any one of these three main groups directly, like yourself. Right. Uh, which would be the following: You can either use the horn of the Hellfire boon which is an offensive boon. It immediately summons a cabal of tieflings to your area. They appear as if summoned like Nightcrawler from X-Men. 
The Ever-Burning Eye, which is a defensive. You and your order form a defensive barrier of energy around yourselves. This is with the uh, trained group of people. And then if you travel with the rookies, you get the rookie mistake. The rookie squadron gets advantage on all their checks and maneuvers. What? So I was, you said that I was planning to travel with the rookies anyway, just as like a morale booster. Okay. They, all right, sounds good. So yeah. then you you would choose the rookie mistake. Uh, That's but a now as you as you as you've chosen the rookie mistake, let's actually hear. Like I I gave you some time to think about this. Like you know it's going to be a flat plains. What is your actual plan for attack as you start to meet down with like the other groups? main leaders obviously I mean, it's fairly, is gonna be it's fairly straightforward i mean okay. i i sent out the scouting party mainly because other than the flat plane i know nothing about the place that we're ass actually assaulting that we need to like get inside take control of assault the keep and clear out any resistance mm -hmm. um as far as the planes battle it's going to be incredibly straightforward um battle lines is going to consist mostly of the conscripts because uh, I'm assuming they're going to be almost entirely, like, foot soldiers. Whereas the more hardened troops will likely have access to, like, cavalry, possibly even, like, artillery <clears> or range <throat> divisions. The experienced troops from the Order of Helm are going to be in the center of the battle line. And the Hellfire divisions are going to be covering the flanks from uh, possible cavalry attacks. Um, okay. Behind us... Uh, is going to be where we're going to uh, keep the whatever kind of siege equipment that uh, Wilhelm and his goblins make for us uh, to keep them protected from uh, indirect fire coming from the place we're assaulting, uh, and so and so they'll we'll be able to access them quickly once we actually get to the walls. All right. So you relay this information to your uh, troops and the head of their uh, battalions and. They give you a salute and they go uh, away. So you've successfully gained full control of your army, respect from your army, and an actual battle plan. Pretty hype. So now we're going to be going back to Wilhelm. So Wilhelm, I, I gave you a sheet uh, some uh, of what you can get, uh, and we're going to see which choices you made. So as uh, Wilhelm, as you walk into the heat of this blacksmith encampment, the goblins look up from their weapons and armorsmithing expectantly awaiting your orders for the grand weapons and defenses you wish for them to craft. Fixus too looks eager, uh, though a bit less so, put off by the foul stench of molten metal and the kaleidoscopic heat that nearly knocks him on his ass. First and foremost, you're going to be building your armor. Uh, you start with it, using your own designs and some ideas from Fixus. Many goblins helping you, standing by you at, certain, uh, at times uncertain how they can be of assistance. Hours pass under the scorching sun until you don't notice the heat. You don't notice those around you. It is only you in the armor. And the armor, the armor is you. You're forging yourself. You're creating an undying image of Wilhelm that will live unto eternity, assuming Breathweaver doesn't accidentally blow it up somehow. As the hammer strikes like thunder from a northern storm, as multitudes of metal bend into your will, and as all of your expertise and knowledge flows out of you like mighty waters, you wipe your hand over your brow and admire your work. It is the culmination of a journey through blacksmithing, often unconventional and unexpected. But truly, you've mastered your craft. You see your four dwarven friends in awe at the armor before them. One of them is sobbing. A massive suit of armor, more a mech suit really, stands tall before you. It radiates power and authority and the might of the dwarvish goblin alliance. And radiation. Is, 
<laughs> it is emblazoned with the sigil of vinegar, the holy condiment of the dwarves. It's ready for war. <laughs> One of the dwarves walks up to you. Wilhelm, jeez, this is a... You party animal? I, I didn't know you were capable of making anything like this. Well, it, it, it required a, a, a shit ton of elbow grease and also a, a bit of a... <laughs> it just pulls out a flask well, with elbow <laughs> grease in it. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, it took a, a lot of elbow grease, and also, uh, I had a bit of, uh, inspir uh, a bit of draconic inspiration, we'll put it that way. Huh. Huh. And then Fixus walks up to you and puts a hand on your shoulder, he's like, you, you think this will be enough to take down that enemy's gate? So, uh, I mean, the, the thing is, is that I, I don't know if me in a mech suit is enough to, like, break down or break through a gate, like... Get him the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the fucking robot, Wilhelm. Oh Says Fixus. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm not. It's not that I'm not not going to use the mech suit. He needs I don't more motivation. That... Bring out the wounded anime girl. <laughs> <laughs> Cut Fix to Wilhelm Fixus. in a medical tent where he spills yogurt everywhere. Fixus says so to you, up. I didn't want to tell you this, but we took your mother's soul and put it inside of the mech suit. <laughs> 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 All right. It turns out it wasn't his mother that mistook it. Just some random old lady. All right, all right so Vin, out out of game, is is the mech suit enough to punch through the gate, or am I gonna am I gonna have to like build siege weapons? You currently have the ability to build other things right now. I gave okay. you a list of what they were. So fix his perks up, uh, and he says we should put in your other requisitions now. Days burning thin and nights wandering on the horizon. Want to make sure the dwarves and goblins, and both of us have enough time to forge everything that you need. So, Wilhelm, what designs have you settled on? So, as before, I sent you a list of things that you can make. All right, so question based about... Based off so, of the things that you have. You have 30 goblins allotted to you and one fixus allotted to you. Fixus so, can only do one thing. Okay. So, a uh, question for the... I assume that the, the molten plasma turrets that, like, that... Are those mounted on the mech suit or what? Like... Uh, or or, or like just does that is that basically you trigger mounted I, turrets on your mecha. So like like to use those would that entail me spending ten gobos to have the turrets on the suit? Yes, that is okay. experimental tech seventy one z. Yes. Okay. How do you get ramen uh, in the mecha? <laughs> oh, one eight hundred based. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm up in a bad mood all episode. Okay, so see, I'm okay. I thought that that I that I actually have to like come up with like a plan for like a siege engines and no, shit. No, who do you think you are, me? <laughs> well, because I, I actually had like a plan on how on how, oh, how, how to integrate to like I don't have siege a plan? towers and catapults and shit. But no, that's all changed. So. And if, you wanna, if you want to completely ditch this, we can think about, like, catapults and stuff, and I'll tell you goblin costs. It's up to you. Well, okay, because here's the thing. The idea that I had was... Because uh, I forget his name already. The the guy in Larry's pup was making the bombs, right? Clemens. What's his name? Clemens. What, the idea that I had was build trebuchets to bombard the gate with the bombs and use them kind of like grape shot. Wherein it's kind of like like a just bunch of bombs, load the trebuchet, launch the trebuchet. As those fly, they'll spread out and then just kind of bombard the gate. And then on the sides of the gate, 
place siege towers, fill them up with goblins on the, like, Wilhelm mounts in the siege tower to try and, like, take the walls. And then okay. presumably during this, Wilhelm and his mech suit would also be helping to take the walls. So I'd say if you want to make trebuchets, one trebuchet is equal to five goblin forces. Okay. Uh, the siege, the siege pieces. You said you wanted like a siege something, right? Like a... I ideally, a siege like like siege towers. How much of it that that's actually doable? How about uh, what, what would the goblo cost give you, be? I will give you siege towers for five goblos. F- five okay. for each tower, or just five like. I bet that's what I. Five that's... for five for a tower, yeah. Okay, so if that's the case, then two trebuchets, so ten gobbos, two siege towers, also ten gobbos, and then another ten gobbos to have. Well, actually, would it make sense to have the mechanical Wilhelm mounts in the siege towers to just kind Ooh, of? Ooh, like... that sounds hype. Yeah, I'll do that. If you do that, you can use the ten to to get the to get the the Gluz Buzz mechanical Wilhelm mounts. That's what that's what I'll do. And okay. So, and then where do you want Fixus? So at this point, Fixus's offerings are basically making. But I have a logistical question about this. Why do we need Fixus's intervention to make the bar atop a flying dragon into a flying support area? Or 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 is Fixus's special more so like? In addition to having the chill and dragon serve as like kind of like a base, also have it able to like provide some degree of air support. The bar will now be able to fly without the support of Ignitus, freeing up the dragons. To oh, I, I didn't even read the point. I'm a troops. stupid idiot. All right. <laughs> That's what Bombo said. Jesus. <laughs> I read that sentence yeah. and my brain went to spaghetti. And so, so that everyone knows, the names of the fixed specials are the Drill Helm. They fly now, and I am become Wilhelm. <laughs> Wonderful. Alright, um... Meanwhile, Moyen gets a performance review. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right? Um, okay, so... Don't worry. Okay, so I've got my... So I've got my two, (laughs) so... Um, I was running through this plan to figure out what a best place to fix it. So I've got the two Helepolis. Within the Helepolis, there are goblins on on Wilhelm mounts. And then, in the back, there are the two trebuchets that are kind of spread shotting bombs on or barraging the gate with bombs okay so where to put vix vixus fixus i'm in cl- okay so if i don't so vin if i have fixus make the chillin dragon fly what sort of combative boon with that grant outside of we have one more dragon or is that the boon that that is the boon Okay. The boon is the dragons don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um, now, presumably, would I, I assume that the the chillin dragon would be otherwise defended, right? When the bar is there, you you will receive the benefits of just the bar. If if there is no modifications to the bar, nothing. But happens. okay, what benefits would the bar by default provide? That's what I'm asking. It's a command center. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, I, I think what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll have Fixus have the bar fly now. Okay, so he gives the support. So you, you make out your commands, you're making some trebuchets, you're making some siege machines, uh, and you're making the bar fly. So those are your commands. That's what you accomplish. I, I, uh, I assume that Clemens is fine with me just using his bombs for trebuchet purposes, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd be upset about that at all. 
now we're going to cut back to Breathweaver. Let me get the part two set up here. One second. <coughs> All right. Breathweaver, I've sent you a list of mounts. Yes. Uh, what what mount would you like the to pick? The Shadow Dragon. Okay. So, uh, your dragon, you, you notice the Shadow Dragon. Your drop, your, the dragon links eyes to you and moves to your side. Beckoning for you to get on. It does. Oh uh, so, Breathweaver, <laughs> oh. I want you to roll animal handling. <laughs> what? That was not... It, it was a good... It was a reference to how to train your dragon. Yeah, we get your fucking mind out of the gutter. Oh, no. no I'm not going to say... What did you think it was? <laughs> no. Jump back I in. I got a 15. You succeed. You hop on... <laughs> you hop on surprisingly gracefully. It almost feels natural. The shadow dragon speaks to you. I am the Shroud of the Deadlands. I come from a land unblemished by grace or hope. It was once ruled by a mad lichen wizard who cursed the land and blighted the sky. In time, a band of heroes freed the land and slayed the king, but the curse never broke. The sky never shone bright again. The crops never grew. The babies still were born sickly and deformed. What exists there now are creatures of darkness, my people and my enemies. There are no shadows in darkness, so I left to learn what it meant to be one. Now tell me of your past. Like, um... Like what I ate for breakfast, or what do you want? <laughs> uh, to talk and roll. Now away. this is a story all No, stop, about... stop, stop. Let him go, because we've been here for two hours. I also say we split this episode up into two episodes. One moment, let me... Let me pull up my, uh... This is your backstory. <laughs> I know. I wanted to pull it up. I, uh... I guess I won't pull it up. Fine, Tyler. Alignment. I, chaotic uh... good. Height. 6'1". <laughs> <laughs> I pulled up to the house about seven <laughs> Oh, wait. I'm a male? I should have looked at this character <laughs> sheet more. <laughs> wait, I like dragons. Clearly, just recount what happened to this campaign to him. Oh, yeah, I'm not asking for your backstory, bro. I'm asking for you. I just want you to tell me, Rick. Like, this man just said, like, yep, tell me something about My life is shit. Everything's shadow. It's like, you don't go into a fucking, like, interview and recount your fucking backstory. I was born in Mount Gisco. Like, fucking just tell this man. What's going on? Uh, well, I came here in search of myself as well. This, uh, land of. I almost said, uh, land of Tofek. And. Perhaps I have a bit, uh, although not through the ways that I thought. I always wa thought I uh, would become a dragon, but uh, during my trips in an alternate universe, after, weirdly enough, I realized maybe, maybe searching, or maybe, fuck, what's the word I want? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, maybe a favorite <laughs> fortune isn't what I truly desire. <laughs> an animal handling check. This... None of what you said sounds like cogent human speech. Just, 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 <laughs> just fucking roll the check. I was maybe. gonna do like the story about the priestess, but maybe it's okay. Just roll the head of the I wanted to pull it down. Maybe. Why? 
talking to a dragon. Why am I rolling animal handling 17? Because you're riding it! Oh my god. Okay, so you roll a 17. As you are recounting the history of Breathweaver to the Shadow Dragon, you guys are doing some sick loop-de-loops. So I want to give you some flavor. So, <laughs> as you're flying through the air, suddenly, black clouds swarming with lightning cover overhead. Shadows engulf as far as the eye can see. Down on the ground, Breathweaver, you see the specks of Goblin Blacksmith look up at you and are flipping you off, thinking somehow you are behind the change in this weather. As you and your mount fly through the crackling sky, chasing down Horizon, ripping the wind into invisible streamers, you feel it. It's the same feeling you felt almost a month ago here at the Gamdwell Bluffs. Somehow, the storm is now all around you. A black smog filled with crackling red electricity. A storm, but not a storm. A storm, but more than a storm. There's something here, a heartbeat. And as you think that, your pendant glows a deep and powerful blue. Then suddenly the scene changes. Time rewinds, and the past becomes the present. Now, Corley, listen carefully. For this upcoming scene, you're going to be using a simplified version of Powered by the Apocalypse, like in the Adventure Zone, uh, for rolls. All you need to do is you roll 2d6. 1 through 6 is a complete failure. 7 through 9 is a mixed success. You get what you want, but you, the, but you pay a price. 10 to 12 is a complete success. Does anyone else just like, got a big vibe of failure when Vin was describing that? I feel like... <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. But now let's go back to it. The scene changes to a small village under a blighted sky. Clouds snaky and wiry and thin, much like the people below them and you. You call your village here humble and means. That's a polite way of saying desperately poor. Still, you scrapped and fought and all managed to survive this cruel winter with few casualties. Spring has begun. Hope has returned to the hopeless. You see a woman in your tent next to you, and a powerful love overwhelms you. You do not know what you are seeing, why you are seeing it, a memory or a vision, and then suddenly you understand. A scream eviscerates the sound barrier, the great flapping of wings overhead and a sudden whip of heat lashes you across your face and forces you to the ground. The village is on fire. Dear goddess, everything is on fire. You and your wife rush outside, carnage and agony and disease, a fire blooming, frantic efforts to put it out, one last gust from the wind overhead, one last rain of fire. As it passes overhead, roll to see if you notice what soars above you. Are D 2d6 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 <clears throat> i'm feeling a fail i knew it I'd... all right this is a complete failure so you're unable to see anything but you feel wings flapping the village is totally ablaze all the houses to your left and right across the streets and streets are overcrowded with the crimson flame that sings on the wind like broken glass being stepped on your wife along with all the other children and the children flee into the Wait, his wife's a child? Out by the local <laughs> No, wife and children. Oh. She says something you can't quite hear before vanishing into the crowd. Now all that's left are you and the other men dealing with this fire. What do you do? Uh, How are we currently dealing with the fire? The, they're throwing water. Some mages are fluming water onto nearby houses. Uh... It, I, do I know if I am a mage or not? You are not a mage. Okay. I will be one of the people checking the houses to see if anyone needs to be evacuated from them. Okay. Understood. 
So you're checking around at the houses and you're looking to see if anyone can be evacuated. So as you're going through these houses, one after another, you, you're dealing with these fires while the mages are casting water. You see an elder man of resolve that you've never quite seen before. He's running with several other villagers. He sees you and calls you over. Follow me, hurry! I was out buying supplies. My family, they're in my home. By the gods, they're still in my home. And it's completely ablaze. He's on the verge of tears as he cries out to you. But you see his steely determination keeping him together. As he says this, you catch something out of the corner of your eye. Another building ablaze. A building that grew more and more populated as the winter came and carried away parent after parent. The town orphanage. With horror, you see it being swallowed whole by this crimson moth. The elder looks at you. Come now, we must not delay any further. He reaches out for your arm to bring you to the group. What do you do? Aye, let's go get this, uh, get put out that fire. Okay. Isn't the whole oh, town on fire? <laughs> Save the people yeah. from the orphanage. Uh, no, he is the not. The orphanage is, is attacking. Well, clearly there are two choices. One, you help the village elder in his house and save his family. Or you go to the orphanage to put out the fire. Or to help and see if you can rescue anyone. You have two choices. Um, let's see. So he is not asking you to go to the orphanage. I know. I'm. I'm saying that. So there's the town is on fire. <laughs> I was. I was gonna ask Vin a clarifying question, but the town that's gonna is, is on fire. So um, the people, I, I glance around to see. So there's some people. How many people are there currently? Like how many men in the village? And all right, am I so the only there... one looking through houses to see if um. There's survivors? There are a few others that are also looking through houses to see if there are survivors. I... Damn, I, I wish I had this kind of mental clarity when I was making, like, a life-or-death situation kind of decision. No. Yeah. Fifth... I was, I was got... <laughs> the reason I asked that Just... was because I was going to pull one of them over and say, ask them if You've they been speeding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took too long, they're all dead. I have to save the children. No All child right. left behind. So, so which one are you choosing? Cole? I I'm choosing to help the children while getting another person that um to help the mayor or elder. Okay. So you attempt to call over someone else to help the mayor. He currently has a group of people that are already going over. But as you pull your arm away from the elder, he looks at you, death in his eyes, and the dancing, the fire reflecting off of them. Coward! No sense of loyalty. Go find a home to crawl into and die. Better use of your time. You already have like five people to help you, apparently. Why do you need six? He runs off past you with several of his men. As you rush to the orphanage, you see the horror of the lower half of it begins to moan, like a boat smashed by a kraken. The wood snaps and the left side caves in. You hear shrill cries, barely booing this cacophony of destruction. Boo. Really uh, <laughs> like Boo. Now, Corley, since everything oh is on fire, god. I am now setting a timer. Oh god. Morgan's so happy you right now. <laughs> Alright. So, Corley, what do you do? I will follow the source of the screams. Okay. So I, if I what you what I want you to do now is I want you to make a roll to see if you can accurately determine where it is. Okay. Eight, so make success. Okay, so you're able to hear that there is a uh, there is screaming coming from the the second floor of the orphanage, uh, and that you can accurately see that there is a ladder 
uh, that is perched up against the side of the. You got all that with an eight, damn. <laughs> it's a partial success. I will. I don't trust that ladder. Is, uh, ha is there a way into the building that's less fiery, uh, or? Uh, there is the front door. I'm gonna kick open the front door. Okay, so you kick open the front door, and now you know that the screams are coming from upstairs. You enter into this burning hellscape. You see that smoke is beginning to quickly fill your lungs, and that you need to get upstairs and rise with the fire. I was the fire. I knew that was coming. So that I'm like lower, um, where this last narrow to running. I okay. Naruto so run through going, the you're smoke. You're going to attempt to Naruto run through the smoke and Another fire. Roll. So please roll me, roll me to uh, 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 roll me a roll. Roll me a roll. Okay, that is a complete oh, failure. Um, so there is nothing that could be done. As you are inside of this house, you begin to start coughing more and more. You are unable to proceed any further, and you back out of the house. There's still some time, however. So please pick another plan of, plan of action. I will now fall back to my plan B of the ladder. Okay. So you see the ladder is mounted up on the side of the house, and you see that there is an open window towards the side. What Why are, are the kids using the ladder? I'm going to climb up to the window and shout, Here, kids, come over here! <laughs> okay. Do you want the balloon? All right. <laughs> As you, as you yell that, you look through the window. You look through the window. He's timed. He, you look through the window and you can see that there are three, there are two passed out children, sorry, uh, that are lying unconscious on the floor. I will. That is why they are not using the window. Jump in and grab them and call for any other kids in here. All right, so roll, roll. I don't know if I'd rather die or get rescued by that man. <laughs> I get a nine. Okay, so that is that is the mixed success. So as you um as you are able to go ahead and into the building, you um you're able to pick up these two kids. Uh, you pick them up and you begin to scream to other children that may be inside of this orphanage, and you begin to cough horridly, and you're unable to get any words out. You're able to successfully rescue two children from this from this fire. <laughs> from this fuck. Uh, and as you do, as you begin coughing uh, louder now, as the, as, the, as the smoke is completely permeating into your lungs, you are only able to do that much for the children. So after that, there was nothing else that could be done. The fire had taken too much of this building, and you've only been able to save two. The two that you've seen. So this is technically, this is a success. You feel some satisfaction from what do you did. Do I? How you many did kids You did your best and you orphanage. saved who you could. You saved two kids! Uh, but there is also, there is also still some losses that weigh heavily on you as you know that there are more kids inside of that orphanage. You just couldn't see them. So, <clears throat> oh, the timer ended. Perfect. So, as you stand up and walk to the street, a man grabs you by the arm and says with a hurry, Dear God, have you heard? The Elder's entire family wiped out in the blaze. But they had, like, five people who went with him. What horror must we have earned? And suddenly, Breathweaver, you're back Breath to Weaver's like, but I got two kids. And that's the end of your scene. <laughs> you got two kids. Wait, uh, how, do, how do five people... I got two kids. Five people couldn't save a family. Congratulations. You, you got two kids. That's, that's good. That's the end of your scene. Okay. All right. Now we're going into Awul part two. All right. So you said you want to do something in your second part, yes. right? Yes. I okay. 
am drawing from a feat that I that carried over from Mark IV called Dead. Okay. It's not so really you... funny. That's how he died. So, um, And I'm going to, taking inspiration from Warlord Brentley, and the Dead feat lets me talk to spirits, I'm going to attempt to channel in Warlord Brentley. Okay, okay. <laughs> do I have to run right. Arcana or do so I just do it because it's a feat? It's a feat. You can just do it. Uh, so you sit alone in emptiness. Uh, your only companion is your breath, in and out, until there is another. A grand and magisterial figure before you, a faint ghost flickering in the shadow like a flame. And surprisingly, it's a woodwode. Uh... Why have you summoned me, the great warlord Entley? Master of a thousand stumps, being of ten thousand rings, keeper of several forests, rulers of the Ents in the north, and some in the west, too, bane of the drought of a thousand years, and also the drought of six weeks. Yeah, I don't, I don't want this. I think I called the wrong number or something. Uh, He's stumped. I'm stumped. Yeah. And I just like... <laughs> <laughs> Walt is nervously laughing as he attempts to force this guy to leave. So as uh, as you force this spirit to leave, uh, you now see before you a fat oh, dwarf. He has an obese confidence in him, and then you recognize him. Is I, Oakley Boomer. Look who's come crawling back to old Oakley. Eager for my earwax mysteries, are you? I thought so. Fuck you. <laughs> yes. Next. I wave my hand. All right, uh, you wave your... Okay, okay. Uh, so then an old-looking ghost, an old man, wizened by the ears, and he shows up, and he just says, Oh! Oh! Warlord Brentley? Oh! Is that a... uh, Yes? Oh! Next, please. <laughs> and then... You see a frightened human emerge meekly before you. He opens his mouth slowly before screaming, It's me! It's me! The real Clevin! The man upstairs! He's an imposter! He murdered me and stole my body! He'll murder all of us if you don't stop him, please! You have to warn Larry! Next. Tell him I love... And <laughs> as soon as uh, that, that being disappears, uh, a towering human sits behind you. His body is far more defined than the ones previously, and also far less fat. Cool smoke begins to wisp off of his ethereal figure, and you realize that the man that sits before you is not truly there. He's a vision, of course, a spirit from a time long past. He's a spitting image of Warlord Brenly. You would know, after all, you were the one reading all of his novels. True. He takes a deep breath. I smell the machinations of war. Prithee, tell me the stakes of combat. Next! No, just... Okay. And, you see, no. and you see he begins to fade just out. Just kidding, just no. kidding. The stakes of combat, well, uh... I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news or not, but the end of all existence is, uh, coming, and we're fighting a battle to stop it. Hmm. I see. War cost me everything. I lost my seven sons in seven campaigns. Because glory blinded me. I leave behind nothing besides tales documented in Sacrine children's books. War never gives. It only takes. Well, alright. In this instance, I mean, war's not great, but this is like a war for like the fate of everything. So, if we don't fight it, uh, 
then your kids' books are going to be wiped out of existence. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. I need some wisdom. I You're see. a warlord. I didn't think you would be a yes, pacifist. <clears throat> there are many battles that we are thrust into beyond our choosing. So you wish to save humanity? Uh, return to a cycle and death of rebirth? Well, I'm thinking. What you I'm thinking bigger than humanity. I'm not a human, so don't really care what happens to them. Dwarves are eh, dwarves are a little fat for my liking. Yeah, elves. Uh, elves are all right. Elves are all right. Tabaxi, big Tabaxi fan. What were we? What were we talking about? He kind of like eyes you up and down. He's kind of really trying to see, not necessarily who you are, but what you're saying. And he, he kind of like smiles briefly. He's like, "I see you are, you're kindred spirit." I, I am. What you said. Ah, regrettably, yes. War has left me with Albatash, but I'm willing to assist you. I think I could, I could use a change. We are in the Gamdua Bluffs. Yes. You know what side of the greatest battle ever fought? <laughs> he smiles. North of this plateau, there is a dead river. A waterfall now long stopped flowing. There is a cave there. It's where I am entombed. Take the sword atop my tomb. It will serve you when the time comes. It will usher my return. And then he disappears. What? And lights return to the is room. That, was that a... Okay. And in the corner now, completely exposed and totally indecent, you see Breadman with one of the goblins. Ew, Breadman! Oh, oh, fuck, I didn't know anyone else was in here. I got a witness now, though. No one ever gonna say Breadman don't got game again. What? And as he says that, you realize the goblin is a ghost you inadvertently summoned, and it fades away into nothingness. And Breadman quietly says, Damn, I got ghosted again. Uh, <laughs> and now we're going to head over to Ander's part. <laughs> fuck Breadman. So, what? so, Ander... All right. You see arrows pointing at this door. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to try opening the door. So as you open the door, you see a surge of water push through. A wall of force that almost knocks you over. The water ceases, the geyser short-lived, and through the hallway you see him. The figure you've talked to before. The being who, when offered you his hand, you shook it with conviction. He sits there smiling at you in a courtyard of stone and grass. Large hedges surround you extending infinitely in all directions. A maze at, fin in at infinitum. Pools of water are forming on the ground by this man. He motions you to sit beside him. Uh, I sit on down. Ander, I hear that you're going to be heading to a space between worlds. A separate dimension of your own volition very soon. Is that correct? His voice is calm and level as a cardinal delivering a sermon. Yeah, and, um, I'm kind of worried. Hmm? About what? I mean, we're going to a dimension where we have really no intel and no idea what is on the other side there. All we know is that there's a fort, and we need to take it. Alright. So, <clears throat> you see that pools of stagnant water on the ground uh, around this man begin shrinking and expanding. As you stare into their depths, you can see your reflection. An aged old man, bones protruding from the boundaries of dead skin. Your eyes are sunken into your head. Your teeth are gone. Time has consumed you from the inside out, and the pools of water continue sputtering. 
and you see the man speaks to you. I have a request for you, a fulfillment of our pact. And the courtyard disappears in a vision similar to that of which the dire mirror has shown you before appears. The magical circle that is seemingly binding this blue being, a rune cast with the symbols of a thousand eyes. Ander, I will tell you several things of importance, and I pray that you contemplate them deeply. Failure to do so may result in the end of both you and I. Do you understand? It's actually supposed to be answered on a scale from 1 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> and he snaps back to reality. No, no just kidding. Uh, so no, first, and perhaps most obviously, trust no one. The enemy has been hatching this plan for aeons. He has agents everywhere, both mortal and immortal alike. And before you say, well, how can I trust you? The answer is you can't. Outside of what I've demonstrated to you, outside of what our mutual interests are perceived to be. My second point, your mission tomorrow will not succeed. I do not mean this as an insult. It is the simple truth. If you do not know how to disable the enemy's magic, how to stop their power source, you will not win. And my third point, and it's more of a proposal. I am imprisoned in the dimension where you are headed to. I am the man you have seen chained to the pool. We are in an astral projection I have set up for us, but make no illusions of it. I am bound into eternal torment. Free me, and together we can destroy the enemy. And once victory is achieved, I myself will grant you immortality. What say you of this? No. No? No. May I inquire why? Sure. Your first point was to say, trust no one. How can I trust you? Then <laughs> you bring that up for him to well, uh, <laughs> I will, uh, I, I will, I will resupplicate you, uh, outside of what I have demonstrated you and outside of what our mutual interests are perceived to be. Uh, how do you, you and I how have do I know? How do I know that our mutual interest is to grant me immortality? I would not necessarily say that granting you immortality is on the list of my <laughs> mutual interest. This is that, that, that would be an interest of so yours. So how can I trust it? Because it is a pact. If you fulfill this, then it will be granted to you. And he extends his hand, and it, like, it kind of looks like he, there's like a faint magic in his hand, almost as if he's like trying to show you that he can't go back on his word. It's like almost like his word is law at that point. Like, if you free him, he will grant you immortality. If you want to roll insight, I'll give you advantage. Sure. I'll roll insight on it. Mm -hmm. 17. All right, yeah. You, 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 you look into his proposal he is not lying to you he legitimately will give you immortality uh, before i do make this pact who are you uh so he says unto you he's like i am the master of the one you seek to fight uh my name is waikita my name is boyland <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not get Boyland. So, Waikita, then, um, why are you willing to go against your people? My people? Your people. You said you are the master of the one I want to fight tomorrow. He's not going to say anything, but he's going to give you a, like a second to maybe think about why. Why would a <coughs> imprisoned mage <coughs> want to fight his pupil? Uh, 
why were you in prison? He looks out into the distance and the scenery begins to change. He's not going to show you exactly how he was in prison, but just he he explains to you, just know that my people came into possession of something that was more powerful than I and used it to trap me here. And unless I may be freed, you likely will not win the day. Uh, I'll shake his hand. All right. So as you shake his hand, suddenly the infinity sigil that you have on your palm flares up and it begins to burn, like a brand being pressed upon your skin. The sight from your left eye phases out and quickly returns. And you're going to be receiving the following benefits. Uh, since you've furthered your pact with him, uh, you are going to be getting... Hold up. Control shift V. The following benefits from this pact. And... The the burning uh, the burning from this uh, uh, brand on your hand becomes tepid and seemingly fills your body, specifically your lap, as you snap back to Larry's study and Redna is pouring coffee on you. On a scale of one to ten, does this coffee seem lukewarm to you? Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. What? what? Well, then now that you finish your power nap, uh, which counts as your fifteen minute break, by the way, <laughs> I can explain your mission in detail. It's simple yet critical. I will will find the location of magical circles hidden within the enemy's domain, and then relay it to you. Ander, once you've been given uh, this knowledge, you will use your magical expertise, he makes this with air quotes when he says this, uh, and disable them. And then as he says that, uh, time will pause again and you, you hear the voice of Waikita speak to you, and he says, there's one last thing I must caution of you. Do not tell any of this to your old pal Agma. This must stay between you and I. If the enemy caught wind of this plan, well... They would end the shroud of my suffering permanently. And then time returns, and he kind of is like, like you see Redna's like snapping in front of you. He's like, hello, wake up, please. Sorry. Like you snap cause you all. pain. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll extend his hand to, to shake yours. This is Redna. Before you do that, take a look at what I gave you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Uh, as I as as I so as I shake his hand, I'm gonna use paralyzing touch. Is that like the joy buzzer? Are you joy buzzing him? <laughs> like that little prank thing people put on their hands where you shake their hand, and you get the shock. All right. So you use paralyzing touch on him. He fails his con saving throw, and all he goes is ah 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 ah, like you when you when you snap in front of your face, and then you walk out of the room. Uh, that's gonna be the end of your second scene. All right. So we've got through everybody now. We're gonna head into the final scene. So all of you return to the bar, and you all sit down at the bar in front of Larry, and he says, "Hey everybody, looks like you all had a a pretty hard day's work. Hit it, Retzela. Retzela recently promoted." Climbs up from behind the bar, light reflecting off of his rightfully earned Major General Medal, uh, medal of Valor and Honor, as he smacks Tur Sir Tinley and says, Hey! Sir Tinley smacks the jukebox and says, Ow! <laughs> Redna, already seated at the bar, stands up. Alright, you sis-scrum. Let's see what we have to report in today's sprint reflection. I hope you all have some juicy deliverables, deliverables to validate. I'm gonna use frightening gaze. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to get? He got three abilities. Paralyzing Touch, 
frightening gaze and disrupt life. Jesus. Disrupt life. <laughs> yes. So you can have This might have been worth going through the performance review, Morgan. So yeah, it's a DC eighteen. Jesus. Alright, he gets he gets this. Uh oh wait, it's supposed to be slash roll. Hold up. <laughs> if he succeeds. I got a 21. Oh, uh, Damn it. So, okay. Uh, he just feels like a chill go, down his, uh, life, go down his neck. <laughs> no, oh no, God. I'm not going to. You know what? No, 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 no. Read, it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Each non-undead creature within 20 feet must make a DC 18 con saving roll. Other, if they fail, they will take 66 necrotic on a Are you disrupting life? Don't fucking do that. Because we're all right here. <laughs> yes. We're all Are you going to do it? Morgan's like... Oh, no, okay. I'm not. I thought okay. you were just going to do it. I thought we were just going to say yes. I was like, dude, we're still I thought here. you would just do it <laughs> simply because it would also hurt Red now. You're like, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the sacrifice, I'm willing like, to make. <laughs> shakes off. Shakes off everything. And he's kind of looking at you to see what your individual contributions or plans would be. So you can kind of uh, discuss that amongst yourselves on what exactly is that you, you either built, did, or if you want to share anything with your colleagues. All right. So it... it I've been mandated the like siege master of this little uh, uh, battle, and uh, the plan is <clears throat> so. In our back line, we're going to have two two trebuchets that are going to continually lob the gate of this fortress with bombs. So what we're going to do is take the trebuchet, load multiple bombs into trebuchet, and then launch with like a big like spread out area of explosions. Yeah. And I then mean, you should probably be targeting the dudes on the walls, not necessarily the gates. Here's the here's the thing. <laughs> I have other plans. I have other I have part there's Don't part fuck two with of my plan, plan Eligos. Part two of plan is while the, while we are attack directly barraging gate, we'll also have two siege towers. In those siege towers, we will have goblins on Mechanical mounts. Which we'll is try exactly to directly why we take should the soften walls. up the wall defenses first. What kind of mounts do you, do you have for him, Wilhelm? Well, some <laughs> old gobble, I think his name was like Butts Butts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> his name was Claus Buzz. <laughs> Did you say Butts Butts? Butts. Yes. Oh, he said Butts Butts. God, uh... <laughs> oh, God. Old Gobo named Butts Butts was gave me plan for like mechanical Wilhelm mount. So we if uh out of the siege towers are like where like I think a ten gobos on little mechanical Wilhelms are going to like try and directly take the walls. As far as my involvement I'm going to flip a coin and figure out which tower I'm going to be in. I'll be in one of them and help take the walls. That's a surprisingly good plan. I know I surprised I surprised myself. Like it was, I, it's it's it is almost like I had a, a a voice, a snobby voice in the back of my mind, being like, "Oh yes, this is how you have to go about taking a wall." <laughs> it was rather weird. I don't uh, don't understand. Okay. Got to a weird place, actually. I know. How how do you think I felt having like? Old snobby man, tell me what to do. I am an I am an adult. I swear. As Wilhelm is still in his pajamas and goblin slippers. Speaking of old snobby man, uh, that's a good segue for mine. I just want to 
Went outside, told was I told to go back inside. I talked to Larry. Hi, Larry. Uh, met Breadman. Hey. Unfortunately, went. I'm realizing now I didn't do that much. I went to the dojo, did a little bit of training, and then you'll never guess who I whose spirit I channeled. Who? I won't guess. Oak Lord Entley. That, no. <gasps> Oakley. Oh, I did see Oakley. That wasn't who I was thinking of. I did see Oakley. He was not. He did not look good. He looked. Well, no. I mean, he's a, he's a man who has focused his his career on earwax-based construct creation. Like, he he's he's picked a rather uh, a dirty and gross path to go down in life. So he's gonna look a little rough. Can Ghost gain weight? Cause he looked big. I mean, hypothetically, if Ghost were to consume extra ectoplasm, like they could get fatter. Oh jeez. Anyway, who did you talk to? Warlord Brentley. Who? <laughs> you? I thought you knew about Wait, the Gamble Plus. <laughs> Wait, you he's got... an actual ca- person? I thought he was like a book character. Yeah. His, the books were based on a real person. Well, you know what? I'm logging this for Akma. <laughs> you see all of the uh, all of the trainees from Elagos' squadron are like, Write that down! Write that down! <laughs> As like, they're peering in through the window. Uh, Don't write that down. Who are they? They're what? fine. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I talked with Warlord Brentley. He's a warlord, so I thought he'd know something about war. Uh, seems like he doesn't really like war anymore. Uh, he moved from war to peace. But he did tell me... Actually, he told me something private. I didn't do it this episode, so I, I don't know when I'll do it. Maybe in between episodes, but... Something involving a sword, and I wink. What's an episode? Yeah, wait a minute. I mean, Wilhelm just had a psychotic episode, so... Hey, I man. Also had a, speaking of having Don't. episodes, <laughs> while I was flying with some dragons, oh I just I saw some weird house village burning down. I was married. I have no idea what the fuck that all meant. Breathweaver, what did you do with the dragons? <laughs> Breathweaver, how much yerba mate did you drink? <laughs> Breathweaver, did, did the dragons tell you to like eat some mushrooms as a prank, and you just kind of fell for it, hook, line, and sinker? I'm not entirely sure. He had he had some magic mushrooms, definitely. Well, if you want to know what I had, uh, as I walk behind Radna and use paralyzing touch, <laughs> Did you just wait. <laughs> Morgan just like counted down until it recharged. <laughs> Radna and I had a wonderful little conversation. He's like paralyzed. Uh, 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 and uh, you seem uh, you seem a bit more uh, vengeful and vindictive than usual. Are you okay, bud? Do you, need, do you need someone oh. to talk to? Oh, I'm perfectly fine. Thank you for asking. The fact that he hasn't killed the person yet is a positive turn of events. Why is Red real scrum? Why is Redna foaming at the mouth? Should that be checked on? Uh, oh my god! Yeah, here, uh, Larry, do you have any? Uh, oh, uh, do you have any medicine for this? I have no idea what's going on with him. And Larry just like medicine. Check, check your oven, Larry. <laughs> Lily, every, ever since my performance review, it's been just random foaming at the mouth and, like, frightened. He just seems frightened. I don't know why. So so Larry just, like, smacks him upside the head with, like, a drumstick he pulls out of the oven, and then he comes back to normal, and he's like, he's fine. Uh, by the way, Aul, if, uh, <clears throat> if you need help following up uh, on Br- Warlord Brentley's suggestion... I can lend you a dragon, or you could ride with mine to 
get, if it's a location, you need to pick up this quote-unquote sword you mentioned. Wait, you got a dragon? What? You got a dragon. I, I have... Uh, I'm leading the dragon battalion. I the think it's the proper term. Battalion. Shut up. I think that's right. <laughs> Speaking uh, of that... It's right, but it's also pronounced battalion. Shut up. Speaking, speaking of battalions, uh... What have you been up to, Elagos? Well, I mean, we now have a sort of battle strategy for our ground forces. Uh, basically, as long as we have support from uh, close air support from the dragons and the siege weapons do what they're supposed to, we should be in okay shape. Damn, you and Retzel have really made an army out of those guys. I will kill you. <laughs> and as for me, I'm gonna see if I can find any stuff in the in the fortress and disable all the magic circles so you guys can get in and have fun storming the castle. This was uh sounds like a plan. Larry Yeah. Well Yeah. yeah. So um as as you guys know, I I said I was gonna find Prey's dimension, a way to get in uh, that doesn't involve pods. And I think I have our answer. It involves pod magic, or was it podcasting? Oh. Either way, I took a look into the runes, etched on my very own pod, <laughs> and found some pretty crazy stuff written on the inside. And then I remembered that you yahoos found a pretty similar looking rune inside that simulation uh, suit of armor. So I did some mixing and matching, loaded into the jukebox, and boom. Hit it again, Lieutenant General Retzela. And, he, and uh, Retzla punches Sir Tinley carefully this time, and Sir Tinley attempts to hit the jukebox. He misses and punches Valamir. In shock, she coughs up some fire and burns Redna's hair, who trips back, knocking over a domino of four drunken dwarves, and the last one of which hits the bar table. The drink atop the table, a colorful and fizzy yerba mate, flies up into the air and lands in Retzla's hand. He smacks the jukebox and takes a sip. Music sputters out. Just like we rehearsed. He says, laughing. Everyone else is staring at him with daggers in their eyes, and in some cases, in their hands. Uh, you... I'm gonna use paralyzing gaze on Retzel. Uh, frightening gaze on Retzel. Before that Do happens, a unique, a unique song comes out of the jukebox. It's oddly familiar, but you cannot recall where you heard it before. Hello and welcome to Larry's Jazz Cursize Instructionals. First, you will need a trombone and several dumbbells and a mobility pool. Larry yells loudly. Oh God, turn it off! My jazzercise period was a very dark time in my life. I was completely addicted to orc spice during it. Lost a lot of friends, because I killed them and turned them into orc spice. And a lot of weight, I guess. You didn't have to admit that part, you know. Yo, Retzela says with unearned authority, Sir Tinley, change the song. Sir Tinley slaps the jukebox and completely stops the music. In a panic, Sir Tinley begins singing. B A B B B B I Vicky by B O Bo Vicky by but Retzla smacks certainly and then the jukebox not carefully this time, and at this point, you hear a song come out of the jukebox. It's oddly familiar. A bright blue portal begins to appear with glitched edges, and the smell of bread fills the air. This is gonna be a ripper of a conclusion, right, Breathweaver? What? Thanks for listening to this episode of Good Job Adventures. If you like what you just heard, be sure to let us know by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review for us. For questions about the cast, business inquiries, or 
If you can prove that water is wet, contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at GJAdventures. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.